Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Well, hello. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Gotham Collective podcast. We are back. Um, well, I mean, there's been this mix up with time. And so we kind of, we just got done with a Breaking Bad uh, commentary. I still got to edit it, but it'll be up soon. Um, and we walked through the store and here we are after having just seen the flux. That's kind of weird. Um, but hang on. Let me go into this uh, door that says uh, 1960 and we'll get present day Dave. <laughs> wow, that was cool. <laughs> see, see, you can go into these shows with no planning at all and still come up with a gem. <laughs> Sound effects provided, I'm sure, there by Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. <laughs> you are mighty quick today. Yeah, well, I, that was somebody, I think somebody else was at the door there. I didn't that, play. That was before. me. I only just found the key. <laughs> <laughs> the key to time? Oh no, sorry, that's another uh -oh. multi doctor, a multi story, multi. Anyway, you know what I mean. All right, yes, pre planning, be damned. We're here, and we're going to be talking all about the fox, um, the latest offering, of course, from Chris Chibnall. Um, and yeah, and what we both, well, what I say, what we both, sorry, not used to there being three of us. Get it? See, three of us. It's a reference. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, it's better than being one of us in three different places at the same time. There you go. See, Dave knows. Dave knew what I was talking about. Um, so anyway, we're going to do our best to um, share with you what we thought. Uh, we've got a little time left at the end, then uh, we might descend into just general chit chat because it's been a while and we know you've missed us. So, um, Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do the official kind of opening of the show okay. and, and kind of direct because you're good at that and I've already started drinking. Well, situation yeah. normal then. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good show, folks. Stay tuned because yes. um, anything can happen in the next half hour. Uh, <laughs> as we, we usually like to say, in the next two and a half hours. But uh, <laughs> we may not go on that long um, because we're going to be talking about the much-loved, also much-derided, uh, controversy-wise, uh, the um, what is uh, Chris Chibnall's uh, latest contribution in fact, uh, driving a bus through uh, what some people might think should be Doctor Who, but I'm not going to prejudge what the different views here of the three of us in. Uh, there's just the three of us in at the moment. Um, but um, just in case you are unsure, even though I put the title of the topic in, we are talking about this six-part uh, single story of Doctor Who that's uh, just finished on, um, well, it finished on the 5th of December on its first airing here in the UK. So we have uh, all written by Chris Chibnall, uh, but we had contributions from Maxine Alderton. Oh, that's uh, usually uh, Mike's uh, prerogative to c cover things like that. No doubt he'll talk about the directors at some point. We had episode one, the Halloween apocalypse. Two, 
War of the Sontarans, three, Once Upon a Time, four, hey, great, Village of the Angels, five, Survivors of the Flux, and six, The Vanquishers. So some people may have thought it would be uh, like the key to time, each discrete story uh, loosely linked. But um, as I think some of us during the start of this uh, were having information overload and uh, uh, were wondering how all these threads, uh, these unravel threads were going to be popped back together. And for me, not very satisfactory uh, jumping ahead to the end game. But what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to play the first clip, which is actually the preview role that they played at the start of episode two, basically supposedly summing up all the important bits of episode one so we'll play that and then we'll go around the room for our first thoughts although you may already have an idea of mine Calvinista took whoever lived here why would he do that every lupar has a designated human i'm not your human we have to save them before it's too late what is it you're saving them from the flux what's the flux this is serving commander instant beefinder leaving his box they are without purpose your mind will fuck them hello again doctor who are you a final fight has begun the end of the universe i always wondered what it would feel like so let's firstly go into uh, Mike's mind palace and uh, see see what's uh, shaking around in there. Mike, seamless. Yeah, there, there's a button on the on the sound mixer. No. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> Not a red button. Don't hit any red buttons no, for heaven's sake. An orangeish yellow button. Where yeah. <laughs> uh, the light is? But yeah, so first ever Halloween special for Doctor Who. We've after so many Christmas episodes, now we get a Halloween episode. Uh, of course, going into this, it was confirmed that yeah, this would be a six-part story, uh, weekly weekly episodes, and uh, well, given people's reactions to Chris Chibnall before the. At least my, my going going into this, you know, I wasn't expecting much, but uh, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised by this first episode. It was a good. It was it, just as, as a preface, I haven't really rewatched this since the week weekend it aired. But from my my memory of it, it's it's madcap. It's 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 hectic, which is something sort of a recurring theme with a couple episodes here and there. Is that there's a lot going on. Chibnall is laying out a lot of plot threads that that for them to be satisfactory they would have to be satisfactorily resolved by the end of the series um but this episode did introduce one of my favorite characters this series with carvinista i love that character and the actor i can't think of the actor's name we played that we played uh carvinista but it was even with all the craig ellis uh, craig yeah. ells there you go even with with the, the all of that costuming he did great. Just the the facial expressions that he was able to pull off with that with that mask and all of that, and just his, it was it was a great character. I love that character. If if there's any character from this that comes back, I hope it's him somehow, um, given what we see later in the series. But that we get that we get the we get the the introduction of the Santarans, and even there at the end, I, I recognize. Oh hey, that's uh, that's Starkey over there. He's he's back. As, he's playing another Santaran. <laughs> <laughs> he's back i recognize that voice but yeah there's a lot of setting up the uh, the, the board for what's for what's for what's coming this series was he and the one that looked ugly by the way 
You don't look very well. You look the, the comment he got when reporting. No, I think it was. I think it was the one of the later episodes. Uh, I think it was like episode five. I think he showed up in. Right. Uh, no, Starkey was in this episode. Oh, really? I think it was Dan Starkey. Yeah, he was. He was the one. He was the yeah. hologram. He was the one. Oh, the I, I thought he was in a later one, but Craggar. Yeah. A lot of their voices all seem to be based off kind of. I mean, yes, on Taran, but very. A lot of them are very close to Dan Starkey's delivery. Yeah, yeah. That's Which is fine because I, I think he's, you know, great as a Sontar as the base Sontaran. Yeah. But yeah, this is so for setting the board, fun episode, a bit hectic, a bit all over the place, and we a lot of storyline storylines inter- introduced, but still an enjoyable like what 50 55 minutes whatever the runtime was oh the running it. time yes the running they, they just very quickly while you uh the uh the different running times uh oh i had them written down but they're, they're anywhere from about 58 minutes uh to i think actually one was shorter than that uh, i put it in the cult and collective page that we have on uh facebook um but the i mean in some ways i respect that that they you know supposedly give each episode the amount of time it needs to tell but um just go back to you uh mike uh, one of the things i thought is th- this was almost like a 10 episode story crushed into six episodes but i've heard i think it was kyle on discussing who that it was originally going to be eight episodes have you done any of the background on that yeah, it was originally supposed to be an eight, an eight episode story, and this was it was originally supposed to be more of a traditional Doctor modern Doctor Who series where it would be you know eight episodes, maybe one or two two parters, but mostly standalone episodes. For uh, going into this, the only episode episodes that survived from the original drafts were episodes two and four. That's why the the, the War of the Santarans and the Village of the Angels. That's why those two episodes. Felt more self more cohesive, more cohesive. Yeah, those were from the original Chibnall's original idea for the plot before, uh, uh, shall I say, plans changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I might interrupt for a moment, just to kind of yeah, this whole thing, we're both right. Um, <laughs> because uh, it's real, is it? <laughs> ben Starkey is very, very good at this. Um, he was in Chapter One as Craigar. He was in. Chapter two as uh, Spittle, um, and he was in chapter six as uh, Stenstark, Shallow, and Craigar. Wow. <laughs> so we were both right, Mike. <laughs> yep, all those Sontarans. All those Sontarans, and I only picked up one. Remember how I said it? Like, they're all doing well. It sounds like they're all doing a really good Dan Starkey. They were doing a really good Dan Starkey. Hmm. <laughs> wonder if they had any chocolate there. <laughs> that was weird. Really weird. Anyway. Right. Sorry, Mike. Please continue. But yeah, that's just, just for uh, the runtime here. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about episode one fun episode fun introduction to the to the story and we'll 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 see where things go well do you want to talk about uh, your thoughts on the uh, the introduction of a new companion at oh this point? yes the, uh, John Bishop yeah uh, as, as, Lewis. Yeah, uh, yeah or yeah uh, I'm looking at the uh, where is he here was my John Bishop as Dan yeah there we go get it correct there um 
it, he he's a likable character. I like the 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 whole thing with him is the is pretending to be a tour guide in the museum, and I think there was if you look at some of the props, some of the signage in the background, I think some of the signs may have referred to the tunnels that Joseph Williamson was building. I think. <laughs> um, but again, I haven't seen the episode since it aired. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a it, again, it's a Chris Jemel character, so I'm not expecting too much depth from the character, <laughs> you know, given what we've seen. But he, he's, he's he's his introduction. He looks like he's going to be an a, an interesting character. I like the the interaction between him and Carvinista. The whole it, there was the whole pun about the forebearers and the forebearers slash forebears. That was a you know the whole conversation between them. Um, likable character. Yeah, in fact, um, I think uh, as a quick sketch, and I'll go to Ian very quickly after this, um, a quick sketch of a companion uh, right off the bat, because as you said, he was sort of a bit of a sort of slightly sad loser, um, although yet uh, warm of heart, big of character, helping in a food bank. So very early on, we established he was a kind-hearted person. Uh, uh, look at... Uh, Life hadn't been that good for him, but he was a an out and out optimist, uh, the sort of person that really almost deserves to to go along with the doctor. Uh, and um, you know, he he obviously uh, was single and trying to sort of uh, re-engage and uh, uh, not had, uh, had a lot of pride because he he was not letting people know that he you know his house was basically empty of uh, foodstuffs and. Um, and and before I just go there, and I'll mention it a couple of times later, is that I thought there was a lot of throwbacks to uh, classic Huian, and some of them I think were to throw us off the scent, like his house shrinking and things like that, you know. But it's the master, you know, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, what did you think about the new companion here and the first episode, I suppose? Oh, sorry, Kirsty doesn't answer to that other name. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. yeah, oh, yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. I didn't say anything wrong while you were muted. <laughs> Honestly, it was, it was just you'd said it once before, and I was like just picking up on it. So, <laughs> 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 it's not, I, I'm not mad. It's all done in the best possible taste. So, so we're all done with that. You want me yeah. to go through episode one first, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, unless you want to start with John Bishop. Okay, I can start there, and then I'll backtrack and go through what I thought about right. the first episode. Um, I actually liked him. Um, I liked the level of comedy and his, like, I, I kind of liked the interplay between him and the dog, um, even though I hated the dog, but I'll get to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I kind of liked his his kind of smart-alecky attitude and, yeah, um, sometimes a little fast and his delivery could have been slowed down. I can't imagine how it is for some international uh, audiences yes. to understand it. I mean, I've been exposed to a lot of British TV, and so I'm, you know, I'm good with uh, a lot of the dialects, not dialects, dialects. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's a bit worrisome, but yeah, the level of comedy was great, um, but not quite sure what they did to him at the end, but I'll discuss that when I get to the last episode. Right. But so, first episode. It's just, yeah, I, I've got to go, now that I've seen the entire thing, I want to go back and watch it and see if I missed something. Um, my hours have been long lately. Um, 
And so I do have tendencies to fall asleep, and I've been trying to watch each episode at least twice. Um, you know, like I'll watch it the next morning to to, to capture anything I missed. Um, but I have not had a chance to rewatch everything now that I've seen the end. So that's where you know where my point of view is coming from. Um, but yeah, it was very kind of messy and rushed. I love the stuff with with John Bishop. That was cute. Um, and you know, hitting on that girl and and finally getting a date. It was just really really sweet. Um, and again, we'll talk about that at the end of the episode and all. Uh, <laughs> um, so as you can see, it's like my my opinion towards the end is is, is I'm having issues with some of the storylines. But uh, there was just a lot set up at the very beginning. A lot of characters that I'm wondering how important are these people since I don't know who they are being landed in the the middle of the doctor's pursuit of um Calvinista, um and for the whole division thing it, it's just it was really jarring oh, the, fly, the flying broomsticks you mean yeah it was just a really jarring i mean it was a great action scene but it it just left me as a doctor who fan i don't know how regular viewers were like but you know wondering did I miss something from last season that I was supposed to carry ahead, like that we were looking for this dude? Or should I say dog? Um, oh, at least it was a male dog. Um, <laughs> sorry. At least it wasn't the big red dog. Oh, that's a movie. Sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of dropped us into that action, and that was kind of jarring. But it was good looking. I'm going to give it that. But, but that whole like dropping into the TARDIS like that and all the stuff being prepared for the drop. I'm like, really? So it's one thing for them to fall into the TARDIS like that. But why didn't they fall through a door and then into a bedroom that had a, you know, a mattress? The safety, the safety net they hit first. had a safety net and mattress like they were expecting to do just what they did. I'm like, mm, no, I'm not buying that. Not even the Doctor Who. Uh, it's like let's set up this stuff in case we get flown through the air like a great game of quidditch and happen to conveniently drop into the doors of the tardis which happen to be laying on its back yeah um i'm a little unforgiving have we noticed uh, we haven't even got past the first five minutes um but yeah a lot of things are really really fast paced and i didn't really understand how the doctor didn't know about the flux until right before it hit and the, it's basically universe ending so how does the doctor not know about that i know it's under being so controlled from outside of time and space but you know for something for us to swallow in the very beginning of the episode it's like oh here's a thing that's going to destroy all of reality but i don't didn't know it and it's going to hit 2021 earth even though we've been to earth whatever but we throw in the whole time thing. It's like it's across space and time. So that way we can, I don't know, fix unit time issues. <laughs> oh, now I got it. <laughs> this is how we fix the, the whole <laughs> the whole unit unit dating problem. <laughs> Just took place during the flux. Um, but you know, uh just yeah, just from a regular I mean, the, kind of viewer standpoint, I can't understand. I can't get how this all works for for people that you know are just like watching it because it's the thing that they watch on 
you know, Saturdays when it's on, it's a family thing, you know. Um, but yeah, there was a lot set up. The TARDIS yeah, it, it made which... it look as though it was going to be a romp, didn't it? This it, it almost yeah. gave a false start to the story. Yeah, and it's just like, but like and the Doctor knew nothing about it, and but yeah, and then we, I I don't really in in subsequent episodes, I don't really get the level of destruction of the flux even though they tried to portray that i did not understand oh well, this is why we need perry we yeah, need perry, perry to under, to make, you know something created with antimatter outside of the universe would it really do that yeah well I mean, I, I mean, i've got lots of things to say about that but if i, I yeah. just may uh, i'm uh, i just asking us to spend a little bit more time on this first one because i thought the first one although um I, well, 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 I'm, gonna, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop you i'm gonna break your chain of thought okay that's what you thought uh um basically what did you think of john bishop i mean oh, you're you're closer to i i was know, absolutely of, very worried about him being on there uh here in the uk of course and uh, and it's shown in uh, bbc america uh graham norton shows on and I think uh, they had him, uh, there was a special, I think it was a Graham Norman show, uh, but they, they interviewed the three, I'm sure I definitely saw, unless it was uh, put on YouTube, on the BBC YouTube, of the three talking. Um, and now he does have a very broad uh, a Liverpool accent, even from big, from Manchester. Right. Uh, but um, hey, uh, he's going chucking eggs at my house. Um, well, I can't even do the accent, you can do British accents better than me. Um, uh, I, I was worried about that, but I actually liked that he was a. He, he wasn't um, an overly uh, smart sort of guy. He was a, right. a guy down on his luck, and I took to him uh, rather well. I thought, and I, I, in fact, I'll I'll be controversial and say, it, I took to him quicker than I took to Catherine Tate. Because if you remember when Catherine Tate first came along, mm. she was the sort of bawly fishwife. Yeah, got it. You know, you got, don't you, don't you chum me, mate. And you know, mm. she was, uh, and I think she toned down, uh, uh, the writing toned her down or whatever. And she became one of the most uh, uh, loved and liked uh, um, companions of all, I think. But. Um, uh, so I was thinking we were going to have that sort of an introduction. Somebody who's going to be abrasive and, uh, you know, not really get with the idea. But I mean, you could almost say, you think the writers knew what was going to happen because he certainly twigged about, well, you know, well, you've kidnapped me. You're not going to kill me now. You wouldn't have bothered kidnapping me, you know. So right. he was showing some street smarts there uh, through the writing. Uh, and I thought that was very good. There were other people who have, sort of uh, maybe half companions but um the other thing i'd like to say on companions is uh, uh yes of course without the other two uh, along um they were trying to portray that quite a lot of time had gone. I mean, the the, the doctor thought that Yaz was being a bit ungrateful. This is the scene when there are Tardis and uh, she, uh and Yaz said, Well, you're still keeping me locked out, and that was because um. The doctor, as, as you say, we we only pick this up as we go along, mm. has been hunting for this uh, Karen Easter for a while as a, a lead to her origins, as it were. 
Uh, and and up to now, of course, uh, a lot of people have said, uh, seen discussions on our group and listening to Discussing Who, um, you know, we've only the master's word for it, that the doctor's background goes by. And then we had the, you know, the... Um, the timeless child and all that kind of thing. So um, in, in a way I was worried about them, you know, all right, so they're going to go ahead, they're going to explore it. And um, at, at the end, I, I think there was a cop out at the end, but um, uh, that was the setup. Um, the other thing I didn't quite understand about this Cavanistra and this race, I, I like that, you know, it was a bit of a an easy gag, wasn't it? You know, man's best friend and all that. And, the seven billion of them coming is it an invasion force? No, it's one for each person, uh, um, which seemed a bit of a uh, not uh, not very good way of doing it. But um, it was to give that controversy. But they seem to travel through time. The Santarans, we go to a Santaran ship, and it's you know one trillion light years away. But they seem to arrive in the next episode, you know, two episodes away, and um, the the speed at which this flux. If it had said this, our galaxy, um, you know, a, a dark matter or whatever, uh, antimatter rid, r coming through our galaxy, you could have seen the speed at which the story had unfolded. But um, we're talking about, uh, you know, this universe, multi-universes outside of the universe, um, and these concepts come in at various different stages. But because I knew this was part one of a six-part story, I didn't mind that there wasn't a conclusion. It was a little bit, uh, I hope I won't get spoilery for anybody here, but if you've seen the new movie, June, which is a fabulous story, but it just stops. And you almost expect the words part two to come up on screen. You know what I mean? Uh, do go and see June. Uh, it's probably out in the cinemas now. Beautiful, lavish production. I really enjoyed it. Um, but basically, if you didn't know going in that, um, you know, a little bit like the Wheel of Time, Mike, you know, the stories go on, the books go on, and um, there's no way you can do it in the first episode. Um, but uh, I thought this first episode, although a lot to take in, um, definitely, if you wanted to understand it, you needed the subtitles on. Uh, and not just for the Liverpool accent, Sheffield, uh, but for uh, for that. So uh, let's go back to Mike and see if he wants to round up more about this first episode or any uh, threads that he wants to to point out, and then I'll go to a second clip. Yeah, because I just remembered something else, <clears throat> and, 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 and a complaint that I had leading up to the episode. So my friend Steve and I we're, we're we've been watching these and commenting as the, as we been watching them but leading into going from the end of last series with uh where when graham and brian uh, left our thought was uh, oh boy we're finally going to get some adventures with just the doctor and yaz we're going to get some just the two of them in, in the tardis and as as soon as revolution of the daleks uh, finished airing what did the bbc do they went ahead and announced hey john bishop is playing dan lewis in the next series of doctor who as the, as, as the new companion <laughs> I remember we were both annoyed with, uh, does someone at the BBC not have enough faith that two women can lead the show on Doctor Who? Uh, <laughs> th th that they have to put another white guy in the TARDIS immediately? So uh, the whole time skip thing with the Doctor and Yaz, where we get hints that, yeah, they've been on lots of adventures, that we didn't get to see any of them. 
uh, that was just an annoyance to I, I just find that really annoying. Like we get hints that yeah, they've got, they've been on a lot of adventures, but no, we don't get to see any of them. Well, well just turn to it really quickly <laughs> yeah, with, on, a, yeah. with a with a tie-in news piece. Ooh. That's Ooh. okay because Breaking those news. things are better in audio. You can better explore relationships in audio, and the big finish license has been extended to twenty thirty. And of course, with the exit of uh, of the uh, one of those actresses, possibly, um, who knows what we'll get in the future from those two in that time gap? We could get a whole exploration of them uh, chasing down Calvinista, etc. But anyway, I digress. You could. Oh, and uh, it's funny. On a related note, uh, BB, the, sorry, Big Finish have just recently started doing uh, Dark Season which is a uh, Russell T Davies first first big thing and Russell posted a video on, on YouTube or somewhere where he was he was going on about how big finish are not ones to let anything anything go to waste they'll <laughs> continue on anything oh yeah i mean it's always been good that where where stories can slot in um oh, yeah. uh, but but uh, when we get to the end i've got another gripe with what chris chibnall was doing because he seemed to have a a second agenda spin-off um in the thing but um let me go to and play the second clip and just move us on a, a little bit so this again is um this the sin the, the sort of prelude to episode three but it was about uh the what had happened in episode two I am. come on oh. hello again doctor who are you three explain murray Explain Atropos. For Atropos, time ran wild. All time passes through the body. If the Moria broken, time shall run unstoppable. Two, the temple of Atropos is broken. You know how to fix this. So I made a short-term repair. Yes! Tell me what you want. One. All in good time. What I learned in the immediate aftermath of the flux seems obvious now. But it's only obvious once you've lived it. The biggest changes to our lives start small. Catastrophes creep in quietly. And by the time you realise, the life you once had is already behind you. And I chose that short clip. There's, there's no way I can play lots of clips for all this. But that was a sudden other jarring jump when we went to this other person. Um, but... Um, it's difficult to know where to start because, as I say, um, uh, we had uh, a very. Uh, oh yes, that was the thing I was. One last thing about the first episode, when I first saw that prisoner in that, um, uh, you know, gravel pit or whatever it was, um, I thought it was Tim Shaw. You know, from way right. back, uh, until they went close up and we saw that um, he's he's basically star trek fans he was a crystalline ident identity or what they call it um entity crystalline entity um uh, and i'm assuming did they ever actually say he, he he seemed to be based on like a silicon life form i'm assuming that's what they were going for uh, El, and of course eldred must live Sorry, couldn't help so, it. No. So, so we had to do it, yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, Swarm, played by Sam uh, Sproul. And, of course, we had a, a, another scene of a couple in a, in a sort of, I don't know where they were supposed to be, Iceland or somewhere. 
uh, and they got visited by a, 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 a little craft. I thought we were going to have uh, batteries not included for a minute. Um, uh, you know, a little uh, spaceship come. And it was going to be that they, you know, there were... Anyway, um, uh, and it turns out that one of those was uh, his sister, I assume, uh, living in a, in a hidden lifestyle. But um, again, let's go with Mike. Uh, did you did it change direction with you straight away with this other girl fending for herself on a a desolate world as it were yeah it was it was it was jarring because i'm sure this this this, this new character we just met named bell i'm i'm sure she's going to be super important to the plot later on i'm sure everything going on with her will be central to the plot by the end of the series <laughs> later but uh, yeah, uh, the one thing I did like about that is it is layering throughout throughout this is you know it's just, it's this universe wide thing going on and everyone is involved somehow and we got we got our series prerequisite uh, once per series required cameo appearance by the Daleks at least for early on in the series they come back later on but hey the Daleks they were actually floating that's the, the one visual thing that, that I liked about them was that they were floating along the ground not rolling like they normally do they were they were hovering which is <laughs> neat little visual detail not many people you know pick up on that you know for long term like how Daleks move around on the ground how <laughs> do they how they negotiate difficult terrain they're, they're floating and, that, and it's just for for long term, you know, visual things. That's that's a neat little Easter egg there. But well, uh, although yeah, we I got a new character, go ahead. So I don't have to bring it up later. I did find the effect a little bit jarring when they immediately <laughs> the next time show the one Dalek, um, you know, in the other section of the ruins, which looks completely different to the Daleks just floated by. Found that a little yeah. bit jarring, <laughs> effect wise. Uh, there's, there's a lot jarring going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, setting set up. It, uh, that's really all I have to say at this moment. You oh, sorry. Something else. <laughs> sorry. And Vinda, no, Vinda was another uh, a oh, sudden yeah, jump Vinder. to Vinda as well, wasn't there? Oh, a little. So a little behind the scenes note about the actor who played Vinder. He was at least in consideration at one point go, going into series five to play Rory before oh. Arthur Darvel was cast. So this isn't his first. With, with being on Doctor Who, he was almost cast as one of the main companions back when Stephen Moffat took over. Yeah, so, uh, how many people knew that? Uh, a lot of um, Game of Thrones people would know him as Grey Worm, of course, uh, one of the uh, Unsullied, or what they were called, uh, one of the armies for the uh, Daenerys uh, the Dragon Queen. So he played Grey Worm, who became um, a consort, I think, of. Uh, um, well, but I don't say anymore because uh, you never know when you're saying spoilers, do you, to other other shows? But um, he, he's he, he, to, for, to get him in Doctor Who, he, you know, he's a, a pretty big celebrity in in his own uh, in that universe of Game of Thrones. I take it from the rapturous. I've never seen Game point. of Thrones. <laughs> no, I know that. No, yeah. That doesn't interest me. Well, yeah, that, so it, it will, that will have got a lot of lot of fans excited. Uh, and I think he did an extremely good job, uh, especially since in, uh, as Grey Worm, he had to be fairly unemotional because uh, the sort of, I'm not sure whether the, um, 
but they're dehumanised or castrated or something like that. They're, they're basically a, 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 an army uh, that marches for days and can fight for days and, uh, you know, uh, separated from the families from childhood and all this kind of stuff. So he had to play it very... Uh, a, a very confined way of acting, uh, and and here of course he's he, he reminded when the, when I first saw the casting in his costume, it reminded me again of the uh, one of the Star Trek uh, characters where you know uh, like a, a lovable rogue would come on to a trader would come on on onto the ship on Star Trek and uh, you know try and uh, get off with half the crew and uh, everybody would be uh, you know think he was the best you know, really good fellow. Uh, and he's trying to steal ideas off the ship or something like that. But um, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, but uh, for those listening, of course, they, they may know by now that there's just three of us here on audio. So we are bumping around and doing it fairly informally today. Mm-hmm. Anything more to add, Mike? Or should we go to Kirsty? Um of course, this is all just set up before we get to the actual plot of the episode, which, as I mentioned before, so this is one of the two episodes that was part of the original plot where, where of the series when it was all standalone. Yeah, War of the Sontarans, yes. Yeah, War of the Sontarans. And we will, we're about to head into that where we get, following on from the, the first episode, we get the this whole story with the Sontarans, and I will pitch it over to Kirsty. Yeah, so... Or the Sontarans, the good and the bad. Um, I, I, here's the one thing. I, the one thing I've loved kind of about Chris Chibnall is this um, um, eagerness to include um, parts of history that you don't really know about. Um, we've we've had some major historicals, but we've also highlighted um, people you wouldn't, you know, things and uh, people and events that you want to make kids especially i'm sure go to the internet and go you know who was this person um and uh so we get um uh, mary seekham in this uh sequel in this and uh so nobody i knew anything about so um that's really really cool and we see that another couple of times in this because we're playing around in time um this is the best the sontarans have ever looked as far as a race and stuff that the they had a general overall height but there were differences which was great rather than this like all the same height i don't get that uh, i mean i know they're a clone race but you gotta have some um it was there was that the, 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 something i forgot from the first episode was that that very weird um phone call that we got uh between the two Sontarans and the rather <laughs> insulting one of the other end. I'm like, what is this business? It was kind of funny, but I'm like, this is what we're doing with, with our screen time is, you know, but anyway, um, the under helmet stuff left a bit to be desired in my opinion, but I really mm-hmm. like the outer armor um, at the time when, when, when Russell bought uh, the Sontarans back. Um, that was kind of fashionable to kind of give everything a nice shiny makeover and the whole blue, the sh- uh, blue yeah. shaded armor did look good at the time. Now it's a bit, oh, really? This is more what I think of now as the Suntaran armor. Um, 
and it was really good to see them kind of en masse properly like yeah, in this um this was a good episode i'm kind of i hadn't really looked much into into doctor who i don't really have an awful lot of time at the moment and i'm concentrating on other things um nothing against doctor who it's just where my life's going at the moment and so i haven't spent a lot of time looking at the wise and wherefores and the story behind uh like mike's been providing information that's brand new to me as far as that there was an original story layout for this as as, as separate stories and now i want that season i'm sorry but it sounds a great deal better especially if we could have seen like if this was a Sontarans, you know finally getting control of time travel and ending up on the you know like this that would be kind of cool i would have liked that but then becoming this kind of weird time thing amongst all this other stuff kind of took away but I did like the fact that it was Sontarans doing what Sontarans do and taking advantage of any situation possible. You know, they're a bit grittier than a lot of um, of the other main enemies. I mean, Daleks and Cybermen are always quite clean, and um, while Sontarans have this whole honor system and stuff, they're not above manipulating situations and uh, and getting the upper hand. I mean, you Reconnaissance. Yeah. yeah, and the two doctors, they were doing anything they could do to get their hands on time travel, um, which, if you want to think about it, this, the two doctors ties into this three doctors special. Uh, <laughs> although the size differential is a lot better now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, it was good. It was a, a nice rebalancing of, of the Sontarans, and I'll talk about later about their the victories and stuff but yeah i'm a bit miffed that i didn't get the separate storyline instead um but yeah this this was was kind of cool apart from then the i thought we were going to get from the previews we were going to get this you know um in the past episode but we ended up getting this time people pushed out into different time zones and Communicating across time zones, which was really freaking difficult. Um, and since I got nothing really else on this, I will delve into my problems with Carbonista. Um, I like the local performance. I like the kind of idea of what they were doing. Although the whole um, one dog for one person is ridiculous. Uh, and especially going by the size of their ships. I'm sorry, but that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Each person on that planet had their own ship for saving one person on another planet. That makes very, very little sense going by the size of them. They should have been small vessels, but then you couldn't have coated the earth with them, could you? Um, so it's just this whole like this, my logical brain sits there and go, what a waste of resources. <laughs> Imagine what you could have done with all that other material. Instead, you made these vast ships to have one human being. What do they do when they get to a family of six? Yeah, they could have carried a hundred on each a family of six? Yeah. That sounds horrific. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you can't. You can't go with your mum. Get over here. Heal. Heal. Heal, Rachel. Come on. 
Give me a fruit snack if you come with me. What? They, this is getting really creepy now. Um, but, they could have had a throwaway line, couldn't they, where they say, well, humans smell so much, we can only stand one on each ship or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, or if, if you know, I don't know, something. But it was just, it just seemed um, like an interesting idea for dogs to come and save humans. Um, but then there was also the, the, too much, the too heavy reliance on human dog jokes. And there are dog-like species that are linked to us. There is, was no information about how much they knew about the human race, what sort of been spying on us. And so they're totally aware of how um, a different form a uh, different version of themselves is being treated on Earth. I think they'd probably have shown up a lot earlier and a lot to kind of combat, uh, you know, uh, people breeding dogs for dog fighting and whatever. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> um, but anyway, the big, big problem I had with Carvanista was the performance of the um, the mask. I just felt like a, a lot of, um, of the actor's performance was probably lost in in what i saw i didn't see an awful lot of uh emotion and everything which i wanted to see i mean i've seen the way we've done cats cat-based species and here we have this dog-based species and what do we do we go with something that has a lot of kind of hair on the face and you know in in the way of the mouth and the eyes a lot of the time and i just felt like I really didn't get whatever it was that the actor behind all of that was really trying to do. The vocal performance was great and the comedy stuff between um, Dan and him were great. But again, I just felt like I missed so much of whatever he was trying to do behind all that fur. And that's me done. Right. Um, I mean, uh, we're, we're jumping about a bit because it, it, there were so many complex things. I mean, we we've even passed over the 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 the, the reference to uh, to Blink, haven't we? With the uh, the the girl um, Claire, is it that's um, uh, trying to get her keys and going through? This was from the previous episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought, and I, I really do feel as though, although it is a, a complex narrative and it, i mean even the the graphics with the the flux and it showed you know time or and space going oddly and then fraying uh, uh, supposedly uh, both time and space or even uh, as it's been argued uh, a war between time and space um we, we, we this um it it would have been perhaps perhaps it'd been safer and maybe some people would have been disappointed but it it, it would have almost been better if we kept to, you know, the Sontaran episode, you know, the Cyberman episode, the, uh, you know, uh, the Weakening Angel episode. But, um, uh, I mean, we, we had this, um, what I thought was uh, Colony Saf come in, which was the, um, the, the, the Grand Serpent. I'm not really oh, sure. Uh, you know, because, you know, uh, again, uh, you know, he had this sort of, uh, this his way of attacking people was to to transmit into their body like a, a bug that would come out of their mouth or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was a. Uh, you see, it's one of these things. And I'm going to go back, and I don't know why I connect it to Doctor, but it's a bit like um, 
the, the European Song Contest. You had to make a song that people could listen to once and you've nailed it and it's an instant hit. But then it's so fluffy that there's no substance to it because you analyse it, there's only about 12 words repeated 15 times, but it's so catchy, it wins the, it wins the Eurovision Song Contest. How do you make something that, you know, is a is a timeless classic that comes by and it, it you know you're into the song a minute before you actually come to the, the the main thread of the song or the 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 line of the song or the the title of the song uh, with Doctor Who something like this um and I think uh, Tim Dobb by the way for people know he's he's been doing on YouTube he's been doing his analysis of it and he in the very first one he did after the first episode he exactly thought or said the things that I do he always watches Doctor Who and I've said this before especially with the Christmas specials with my you know hand on my heart worrying don't mess Doctor Who up don't mess Doctor Who up uh, and the second time I watch it I can watch it because I know what's going to happen so now I can relax and watch the story unfold because I'm not worried about them going to mess up. Uh, and I had this very, that definite feeling with this series. And um, uh, But there seemed to be everybody who was time travelling. The speed of this antimatter, which was what the flux turned out to be. I mean, it was crossing not just one galaxy. It was crossing from galaxies to galaxies. Um, uh, it was, there were so many different threads a lot, it, it, perhaps I'm just dimmer than the, the average Doctor Who uh, viewer, but keeping them as discrete threads, um, it definitely suffered. Uh, if Mike, you say it should have been eight episodes, even that would have worked. Uh, I think it was almost, there was 10 episodes worth of uh, content there. So do we, should I play the next clip? Or does anybody want, want to say anything more about the Santara episode before? We move on. I just want to say that. Um, go ahead, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Go on, I just Mike. wanted to say just how convenient the pl all the plot resolutions were. Like that one character who was just able to detonate the entire Santaran fleet with gunpowder. Um, okay, sure. How do you how do you manage to get all that set up? And yeah. then there was uh, it was a single load, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and then how quickly in in the modern day how Dan has already, he's already doing things that, that that a companion who's traveled with the doctor would do for a long time, like keeping the video diary with his, with his phone. I don't think, like someone who's just started traveling with the doctor, who's not even really traveled with the doctor at all, has he really? He's just, he went for one trip and he was transported by time yeah. distortion or whatever. Well, we didn't know he's going to be a repeated companion, did we? Because there's a little addendum yeah, at the end, yeah. Yeah, we did. That's how he was announced. That's oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, and then in the in the actual story script. Uh, yeah. He, but yeah, he's the. I don't know. That just seems like something. <laughs> someone who's traveled with the doctor for a long time has done. Yeah. And indeed. then there's the whole casting thing with with his parents. The actors who play his parents are only about nine years older than John Bishop. <laughs> that's but they that's were hilarious though i love them they were they were they were the little highlights i'm like i hope we get to see them like if he if if he stays on it's like i i hope we can see them again because they were hilarious yeah. <laughs> but little, little little nitpicks other than that it, a lot of the the actual Santaran plot uh it's, it seemed like oh hey remember the john pertwee story the time 
monster warrior whichever of the two it is i get them confused the the one that introduced the sons of arms warrior. it was like a greatest hits version warrior okay. time, war- it's time warrior yeah it was like a greatest hits version of the, of redux of that story but hey we got the line of the from that one on torn he just wanted to ride a horse <laughs> which was a pretty good moment yeah, yeah. but the chocolate story later on was daft yeah, chocolate. <laughs> oh yeah later but yeah, it was, this it, this was a, an enjoyable episode for 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 all of that. The doctor, she she got a lot to do. Uh, Jodie Whittaker, she got a lot to do as the doctor, which a lot of doctorish things that she got to do that she hasn't been able to do in the previous two series. And in speaking just go, speaking of previous series, as Dave was talking about the, t- the whole ten dog thing of don't ruin Doctor Who, don't ruin Doctor Who. <laughs> we had the episode the Timeless Children, didn't we? <laughs> Did you not see that? Yeah, well, uh, uh, in some cases, uh, the, the the other one I compare this story to was <clears throat> the Pandorica one, where you had all the races saying, "Who's the enemy? The enemy is the Doctor." We're going to uh, uh, originally they put in the Doctor in the Pandorica box, and all the you know, and we had the uh, underhenge and all that kind of thing. To me, it was almost a retelling of that type of story. Please don't make me like Stephen Moffat more than Chris Chibnall. <laughs> comparing this to that and on that segue I'm going to play the third clip yeah we're coming Binder me and your beautiful as your unborn child I'm Claire have we met not yet but we will in the past we're in the heart of the time storm time is playing games with you all how did you get in here doctor can you tell me today's date, please? November 21st. And the year? 1967. There it goes again. Uh, yeah, I should say there that uh, I, I played the recap of the episode and then a bit of the the episode. It's uh, yeah. So uh, Mike just saying that I played the wrong part, but we episode three. Once upon time, uh, no episode episode three. You're put yeah. the audio, the intros from uh, this the, the angel episode four. Yeah, it, it 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 was a recap. Yeah, but you yeah uh, yeah you're right. So apologies, I've made my first mistake, everyone. Situation normal. So um, do you want to go first again, Mike? So we are talking about the third episode, Once Upon a Time. Once upon time, yes. That was, this was time. yeah, uh, reference back to uh, Peter Peter Capaldi's last episode, which is called Twice Upon a Time. Um, let's see. I don't really remember much about this episode. I guess this is just the episode where the plot really started rushing rushing together. Oh yeah, that's one thing I wanted to, want to mention that I heard in in the uh, the dialogue that they played from Bell is that Chris Chibnall is almost able to write actual human actual d- dialogue that sounds like actual people talking. Almost. The, the, what I'm referring to just 
when I heard it the first time when Belle is saying you're beautiful as yet unborn child. That's almost what a normal person would say. Right. You didn't go into a catatonic thing thinking, oh, don't say they're going to be the the the, the mother of uh, oh, the no, doctor. Oh no, Dave! You're actually looking ahead at my one of my one of my running theories of the series <laughs> and one of my big complaints. Oh, the sorry. Last episode was that yeah we get all this we're getting right here we're getting all this build up over okay that the baby's going to be important somehow this bell character <laughs> she's the baby's mother and the uh, vendor is the baby's mo- uh, father so the, the the two the two parents and a baby that's going to be important later on i'm sure <laughs> and given everything that, yeah that i'll just go ahead and say it but yeah <laughs> one of my big theories was that okay vendor and bell are the doctor's actual parents and the baby is the doctor is the unborn doctor, and it's there's going to be this whole weird thing going on. Well, we had a mention in Doctor Who uh, quite a few series about about the the, the unborn child, didn't we? Um, yeah, uh, from the the one in the 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 war one that we saw uh, ages ago. So um, anyway, I, I, I disrupted your train of thought. Go on. No, I don't really have much to to say about this episode. Well, what so about talking? All right, what about talking? We haven't really mentioned Swarm and Azor yet. Did you think they were over the top? Or did you, did you think they were a nice foil for the story? Or how did you rate them? I mean, they were okay. I mean, it just they're they're not they're the ongoing threat, and now they're they're all tied into the Doctor's hidden past of this, this, this whole thing with. Either it's the division or division. I don't know if V is part of the name or not, but part of division. They're they're part of that whole storyline, the past lives that we learned about in Timeless Children. I guess I mean they're good. They're they're effective on screen on screen villains as far as far as presence on screen goes. But actual caring about them, that since they're all tied into that storyline, it depends on if you care about the Timeless Children story arc. Right. I claim to be one of those people. I'm sorry. Should we ask uh, Kirsty then? Do, have you any thoughts on those two before we talk? You talk about this episode. Um, I kind of like them as I like the guy. He reminded me of. Um, oh, who did he remind me of, Dave? I, I think he reminds you of the person out of the uh, Crystal Maze. <laughs> I have never seen the Crystal Maze. The the the, the uh, that company the the one that was in uh, your favorite musical. Uh, House of um, the Rocky Horror Show, or what it was, or the the one with the giant plant, the actor that did that, the bald headed one. Thought wow. he'd remind you. I'm really lost. No, I was thinking of uh, um, oh, name from uh, School Reunion. Oh, oh yes, uh, from uh, from Buffy. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. How about they, uh, Mike? Because two, the two oldest yeah. people in the room can't remember the name of this actor. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, hang on a minute. Giles, he played Giles in Buffy. I know That's the character, the actor you're talking about. The, 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 uh, Anthony Stewart Head. Anthony yeah, Stewart Head. Anthony Stewart Head. There you go. Yeah, I had to look that up. Like, no offense to the actor, because I think it was very, a very menacing and kind of measured performance. Um, like I have no problem with any of the performances in this. I think everybody did a really fantastic job of everything. It's just the writing. Um, and uh, so um, 
yeah, I found his his performance very uh, menacing and just uh, so smooth and and measured. And unfortunately, I didn't really know what they were supposed to be for the longest time and why they were just just so much that just didn't make sense about them. We were yeah. just Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien of the Crystal Maze. I was oh, thinking. Okay. Was thinking. Oh, okay. Now I now I understand. Um, but yeah, it was just they were great characters. It just it took so long to figure out what they were, and I'm guessing they were manifestations of of uh, time. The, the big bad. Phase, yeah, the, uh, well, it was but, time. Yeah, because it was time having um, um, uh, time and space being at war. Right. It's it's basically uh, a switch on an old science fiction trope of uh, what if you had a war between the sexes right because there's no way you can win because both sexes need each other and this is of course before dolly the sheep was uh, was brought into life uh, but basically the war to end all wars would be uh, the, the war of the sexes men against women where this is supposedly the sort of war where space and time are fighting uh, because there's been this disruption on this planet. The planet was called time, wasn't it? We haven't mentioned that, where we have this area. And that's one of the reasons why um, they were brought to that planet, because um, uh, um, these two characters couldn't get into that circle to disrupt it. They needed somebody else to break. There was like um, a surround it uh, that uh, stopped at Swarm and uh, her coming through it yeah well dave's got a better grasp on this than i did uh <laughs> because yaz yaz uh, he says i make a tempered solution and he makes yaz one of those controls of time right. which took, took me back to a classic dot two one the ones where they got spaghetti on the heads and they're all lying in a spaceship yeah. uh, just just so much and there were so many ancillary characters is it still my turn Mm. No, no, I'm not being mean or anything. I just like no, I forgot. No. <laughs> There's no uh, way we can do this logically. No, no. Yeah, because the thing is, is we keep tying in characters. It's like we still haven't even turned and talked about this one character who's coming up in the next episode, but she made an appearance early on, and it's just like, yeah. what the hell? Um, just too many convoluted things that you had to try and keep track of. I mean, the sheer fact that I'm like, I'm not to worry. I'll watch this again tomorrow and make more sense of it and that really should not be the case with episodic tv like that where you have to do multiple viewings in order to understand you know and then wonder when you get to the next episode if you missed something in the previous one because you don't really understand this bit now and that's what became a problem for me as this thing went on but uh yeah so those characters decided they were they were they were they were good um so what episode are we up to now um once upon time, third one. Yeah, let's see. Right, just, to, just, right, just to give you a chance to catch your thoughts, uh, I'll read a little bit from the wiki page. I've been uh, those people who are not aware yeah. of torture so much. Uh, we have uh, we can put links in the room while we're at it. Of course, if you're listening back to this, you would have to listen back to it from torture to get that extra information. Of course, we're on so many different streaming services. If I start naming them, it will get more complex than the story plot. So let me read from wiki. Um, 
With humanity now on the verge of extinction, the Daleks, Cybermen and Sontarans occupy most of the remaining planets. Where I don't remember them saying that actually in the script. They were all in they were all in for a power grab, but I didn't know they were all uh, occupying most of the other planets. In the temple of Atropos, and that's where those uh, the time was being controlled, the doctor jumps into the time storm and storms swarm by hiding Dan, Yaz and Vinda in their own past. And that was something that I think we'll, when you finish what you want to say, Ian, uh, Kirsten, we want to go into because um, that's where you have uh, Vinda talking to Yaz as a boss, but it's not Yaz. It's this, um, you know, they, they have they're playing different people yeah. because they're, they're yeah. Uh, anyway, Dan experiences date with his love interest, Diane, until the doctor appears as a hologram and swarms companion passenger abducts Diane. Then we have this strange creature uh, passenger, which is basically um, like um, one of those, um, we've talked about them before. I have, um, they look like human, but there's men inside it that work it. Uh, yeah. The tessellator type, uh, yeah, yeah, um, but but it wasn't. Yeah. It, it, it's like a a transport ship, um, basically, uh, and and that again is a bit of um, what's the word a MacGuffin, because that comes back. Uh, so, should I read any more? Um, no, that's good. That's good. I, I, I've got it. Yeah, um, I didn't know you were waiting for me to jump in, but yeah, that's that's the the thing. Is like, why why did they go there and, and and kidnap her. What? Why? I have big problems with the, the the girlfriend in this, or the prospective girlfriend. But yeah, I'll wait for the end. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just what? Um, so much. And now we have this. We're finding more about Vendor and, and everything, and um, it's, I don't know, it's just too much stuff keeps just, when you, after the first episode, you're like, okay, cool, I've got this. And then they, they're, they're introducing other characters, and it's just like, I just, right. it's a little difficult to bend, yeah. you know. Um, I, I'm trying to wonder what they were just there to kind of, I know what they were there for, I guess, was to explain how and what what effect the flux had had and it separated across, across the whole universe it was affecting everything yeah. didn't really care um and if she was a, a great vessel to explain the shape of the universe like there was a dalek zone and because of all the chaos these big power bases had, had moved in and and taken controls of large sectors but again it was one of those things it was like was this really necessary to throw everything into the same pan together at the same time um mm. i'm guessing it was otherwise they wouldn't have done it but, now what uh, about yeah just on that confusion what did you see when the doctor saw the reflection in the mirror that uh, was cool so I, the fugitive doctor wasn't it yeah yeah that was good to see again and kind of put things into perspective but it made it more and more confusing that they had these um these other characters subbing in for these other characters and it's just like okay as if i wasn't you know having enough problems you know now with vendor and and 
baby and I mean filming mom under- and and these two crystalline entities and a dog mm. and now the dog is playing the the, the dog or something no Vinda was playing the dog or I don't know people were playing people <laughs> and then then the, the, the doctor was playing the dog yeah it was filmed under covid so we've got to assume that some of that right it was probably were, were, was a way of getting around completing the filming on schedule right. was, i don't yeah. know whether that that was a practical consideration yeah it was difficult to get and it was just like um oh and for a dog species how long are they supposed to live because um if the doctor knew carbonista all the way back then um Dogs don't live as long as. Well, he can time travel, can't he? I mean, they, 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 they I mean, they cross the universe. No, they, can't. No, they no. can't. They can't. No, well, they the gave the impression they could. Well, no, there's a line in the in the last episode where when Dan is spelling out the message on on the the wall, the wall of China or wherever oh. to where he where he is, and we get that message that the comment from Carvanista. I can't time travel. I or I don't have time travel ability. Yeah. Oh, that was right. His, his ship arrived early because it got caught in some sort of time storm, didn't it? Which I just want to also point this out. Where is his Yaz, Where is Yaz's dog? I know. Well, she was off world. Shouldn't she have one too? Maybe she was off world and hard to locate. Okay, maybe. So, <laughs> and wasn't there? Wasn't there a ship? Oh, and there was only one ship missing. So that is weird. So, oh, and I just want to ask this about the the, the Lupari shield around Earth. How is Earth get, getting sunlight? I know. Yeah, it if that it. that was going to continue, everything would die on the planet, wouldn't it? Yeah, all the plants, all the yeah. And 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 the day. Like originally, wasn't wasn't it? Just that wasn't their plan. The plan wasn't to surround. That was the doctor's idea. They were going to right. take them off. But wasn't it just until the flux had passed, and then and it was only supposed to be like what? Didn't they say on Earth it was like the five minutes without sun or whatever the eclipse? But then later yes. on, so that later on scene must have taken place in the same five minutes when the shield is still around earth yeah it's been ch- around earth the entire time uh, i had a bit of a text chat with uh jeff you know the uh seventh doctor, doctor yeah. uh, he's waiting for you to bang your head again you know but um know. uh right behind he, me we, we were right talking about how, how this thing was getting through the universe so fast and well if it's antimatter it could probably travel faster than the speed of light and then i replied well if it was traveling faster than the speed of light we wouldn't see it coming you know, because it'd be here before we saw it. You know, it was, uh, there, there were, I mean, uh, uh, with apologies, uh, I mean, uh, it would have been, um, we did impromptu uh, set this time. So, but if Perry, I'm sure he would have been. He's probably uh, screaming at us right it, now going, yeah. see, see? Ba- Banging his head on the uh, the physics of this. I mean, no, don't do that. I, I You'll know. get replaced by Jeff, the seventh doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least he could do the ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, there, there are so many things. Oh, yeah. Uh, something I must mention, and I'm not sure whether it's a, Did you recognize or uh, did you agree that this this 
basket-shaped thing hanging in space was the remains of the citadel. You know, where those people are being transported to, the humans, to drive it. Yeah, well, uh, and you saw this this thing with like eight legs. Yeah. And I, it didn't twig to me, but it looked like the ruins of uh, Gallifrey. Yeah. Mike? I, I was, I, I thought it's oh. a little bit like that, but it, it faded really quick because I'm like, you know. But that was, again, it's like we threw, threw in more characters, these statues and... Things were not explained. I mean, I don't want everything dumbed down for me, but, <laughs> but yes, I do please. worry as somebody who has watched every episode of Doctor Who that I've been interested in and watched them yeah. all, but I've watched a lot of Doctor Who over the years. I shouldn't have to go back the next day and go, what the did I miss? <laughs> yeah. You know? let, let me ask you a quick question. Was this more confusing than Back to the Future? That's easy stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's your reference. I mean, Back to the Future is your greatest film, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, it is, um, which is, and sidebar here, um, it is really cool that uh, they actually consider it one of the greatest movies of all time. It's like my movie that I found back then that I loved then, um, and the only movie I'd seen multiple times in the theater, like, in the 80s which is a lot back you know back then yeah. it's like you didn't really go things multiple times on the you know you could only afford to see it once i mean you yeah i, I had never, never been apart from when they played the same kids movies every summer at the theater yeah. you know but it is really cool to now get to this age and people are like oh i just watched back to the future it, it is the, my greatest movie of all time like yes i've been saying so for the past how many years and now i feel old and let's continue <laughs> uh, should we go to mike then mike uh, uh, i don't uh yeah we're, 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 we're in flux i mean did you think about was did you think did you think that was uh, the ruins of Gallifrey? Uh, uh, do you want to talk about other aspects? Maybe, before we, I guess. I guess. I guess I can see the resemblance in shape to that giant sphere. Mm. What keeps beeping at me? Uh, I, I, I guess I could see the resemblance, but since there's no narrative weight placed upon that, right? There's okay. No narrative emphasis on that. Well, look, let, let, let's reground ourselves by playing another clip that might or might not be the right clip. We're stuck in 1901. Jericho, wait! They are an extraction squad for the division. Welcome to Pisano. What's left of it? Have you seen this guy? He might be the next coalescence. The next what? I pursue this is war. Where am I now? Hi. What I need is for you to be silent and do as you're ordered. This is my only chance to find out who I am. The flux wasn't an accident. It was made, it was placed because of you. The only thing Division wants more than my angel is you. You are recalled. No! I want to get a bit of the music in there, but we had perhaps one of the greatest cliffhangers. So let's give this uh, storyline some due, uh, right? Uh, I mean, did we sound the spoiler warning at the beginning, Kirsty? Well, I think the whole we, we are reviewing <laughs> um, the flux, uh, kind of 
kind of gave that away. So if well, you it's just in the title. And, and you're this it's far in, in and you're yeah. hearing this, then yeah. yeah. So uh, the episode the title, angels, I put. I put the word spoiler in the title of the episode, so that's good enough when it goes out. But yeah, um, uh, I think again, the guys uh, now most of the thing. Well, in fact, everything I've said up for one thing that that uh, Kyle mentioned before, and I'll mention something that although you want to go and listen to discussing who, um, I think they they cottoned on what that uh, was going to be. But the 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 CGI of the Doctor turning right. Uh, into an angel but i thought this was the best episode of the group village of angels i thought that was really good um i didn't jump i didn't get that the old lady walking around you know they, they were counting the number of graves to count the number of graves and there were there, there was one more than there should have been and uh, this one this woman seemed to know an awful lot more and of course it was the young girl that had been transported back by the touch of an angel and we had that wonderful scene either side of a barrier where the young girls are talking and Dan's uh, asking silly questions and that. And then this woman bends down and tells the little girl, I'm you. Um, I th- I th- if, if I'm going to pick out any episode, Village of the Angels, I think, was the standout one. So, Mike? Yeah, I'd agree. This is the strongest episode of of this of the series, the, the the Village of the Angels. Had the most standalone plot. It had it, it had a, had some great uses of the angels. And I just also want to point out, even though this was briefly only briefly on screen, but that visual image of the that that projection of an angel that caught fire. That is probably the standout <laughs> visual image of the episode. I loved that bit. The angel that the projection that caught fire that was so cool the way they did that my friend steve and i were both huge fans of how that little visual thing was done love that um just overall episode uh we got we got the introduction of P- professor jericho who goes on to become a one of, another one of my favorite characters in this in this whole flux thing um great setting back and forth with the, the two different time zones uh the whole the whole area extracted from from earth two different time zones and just suspended in space that visual was really well done um overall i mean I, I'm, I'm about to look up my notes for the episode but yeah i over i i enjoyed this episode it was if I, just like dave if i had to pick out a, a favorite episode of the series yeah this 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 would definitely be it yeah uh, kevin mcnally was the person who played that part and uh, most famous for pirates of the caribbean uh, playing uh, Joshua Mee Gibbs in that, but he's been in Classic Who, hasn't he? Yes, he was uh, in My Doctor's first episode. Uh, he played uh, Lang, Hugo Lang in, um, yeah, Hugo Lang in, um, in uh, Twin Dilemma. Uh, so yeah, it was really cool uh, watching him back in Doctor Who. Um, and brilliant performance too um i think everybody here agrees it's like like there's there's the companion that need you know doctor should go back and rescue (laughs) rescue him from that explosion and take him that would be kind of really cool yeah i mean they loved him so much they invited him back 40 years later yeah but i mean he's a fan i mean he was in i claudius survivors 
Duchess of Duke Street, which I used to love, Pole Dark, Crown Court, um, um, and after the Twin Dilemma, it was in uh, Bottom, uh, uh, Bits of Fry and Laurie, goes Rassi Nesbit. Uh, so I mean, he's he's a, a good, really good. Uh, uh, I mean, in fact, I'll put a link into the room for him there. But go on, Kirsty. Sorry. Where were we? Uh, no, about, is this your okay. favourite episode? First of all, or not like? It's one of the better episodes. Yeah, I, I had a hard time at the beginning kind of grabbing all of the threads. A lot of that could just be to my lack of sleep. I don't know. Um, I'll talk a little bit more at the end if we've got time about why. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the the atmospheric, this probably would have been a better episode for Halloween, to be honest. Um, mm. Spooky level. And um, I never did quite understand why he was experimenting on her. I understand she was having issues and she went to see him. I missed a bunch of that, like how the two of them ended up together. Um, and yeah, the whole her being from our time and being back there, but then being, I don't know, I had trouble with her timeline, but she had an angel well, in her, so, you know. I think she'd been touched by two different, she'd traveled back twice. <laughs> What? No. What? 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 I said wrong now. Oh no, there was a TV series back in was it the nineties uh, called Touched by an Angel. Yes. Oh right. And so it's like touched by two angels. And what? that just sounds way dirtier than touched by an angel does now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I I I got the vibe and again. Uh, I'm going to be very glancing in the way I mention it because it might be spoiler, but it reminded me of uh, Ashes to Ashes this episode. Yeah, yeah. I won't say but, why, but was was it my imagination or was the was the the shape of the big rock cave thing that was there in the shape of an A or angel? Ooh. Anyway, answers mm. on the back of a postcard. Um, yeah. But it was an interesting way of the angels traveling from place to place, basically like embedding themselves in into you know like asteroids or whatever and hurtling themselves at another planet and, it, you know, and they were in um, the division or at least one of them was in division yeah um they were used as as like a punishment or to remove people so it, it, it does make a little more sense with the whole division thing um and did the time again, lords create trouble. them did the time lords create the angels i was having trouble with the whole division thing because i'm just like what oh we're supposed to yeah. remember stuff from before. Didn't know yeah. there was gonna be a test in this this uh, <laughs> this series of Doctor Who. It's like, were you watching before? I don't know now. Yeah, because it's not like it was on just last year or, or six months ago. It's been some time. Oh, yeah. Carrying over things is getting to be a bit annoying. Um, but uh, but yeah, great atmospheric episode. Again, brilliant performances throughout um and uh yeah just some funny stuff like yeah it's taking charge and stuff like people are like why are you in charge <laughs> um oh yeah, that's but, right, yeah. That he has actually got to do some investigating actually yeah. got to be a, be a police use her police investigating skills yeah um 
there's some really kind of good comedic thing in the the face of you know uh like yeah and and dan you know uh trying to 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 prevent the angel from coming was that a scarecrow up there i don't know <laughs> oops and it comes closer and closer you know and the whole like shaking the the, the flashlight and it was just great you know there was some really good comedy in there and and suspense and uh yeah the whole thing where they they stopped chasing the doctor and that that was did kind of scary and you know they're all being surrounded um so but yeah the the the, the time split with the that little girl and stuff wasn't a, exactly apparent to me i'm not saying that it was badly written or whatever i'm just saying that my level of understanding at the time i watched it was not great but i kind of picked up on it a little later but it again like you said dave it could have been 10 episodes and we could yeah. have had a double slot for this one where we could have oh, focused on the little girl going yeah. missing yeah i mean if, if we had had like a good five or ten minute opening with the little girl and everything and all of a sudden she gets transported back and you know forward you know back in time or whatever then that would have provided and then her going to visit the doctor, this doctor. I mean, you could have had a whole scene where she's knocking on the door. Are you the doctor? You know, yes, yes, I'm the doctor. Who put it who put the ad in the paper yeah. about psychic belief? You know, you could have had that kind of like, is this the doctor? Is this the doctor? And it's just like, you know, because he could possibly be a version of the doctor. That was, I think, probably something that some people were wondering right. more is he a secret time lord um as well um, i think there were like some things going on about like what his identity really was but i didn't delve too much but yeah this is probably this and the finale are probably the best of, of the bunch um but yeah more about the finale well, when we get well, there just looking at the well all right I'll let, i was just saying i was just going to no, read no, no. from the uh, the wiki page on the a, ai ratings uh, mm, so it's fun. not just us uh, so the halloween apocalypse and it might remind people of where we're up to in terms of uh, so the first episode halloween apocalypse uh, uh got a rating of 76 second war of the sultarans 77 once upon a time 75 village of the angels 79 none of them broke through 80 uh, and then we've got two more episodes survivors of the flux 77 and the vanquishers silly name uh 76 but um and the viewing figures were around uh, just under five million to just over five million, um, and of course there are views on um, BBC iPlayer, which the BBC are pushing like mad at the moment. They're definitely going to go for a, a full-blown streaming service because um, when they lose their uh, license or whatever, because everything uh, we've even got uh, Superman and Lewis on, and the, every time it comes on, they say, "Ah, oh, you can watch it on the BBC iPlayer." So they're really pushing it trying to get the name out there more and more anyway uh i digress uh anything more anybody wants to say on village of the angels before i go to the next clip okay uh this is the clip which again is a bit of a recap clip with a bit more so this is the fifth clip ensure all missile systems are aimed inwards at the planet's surface earth's shield is now breachable the forces of suntar have revenge to exact this chamber is the heart of my excavation project i've got plans to get you out of here you are recalled 
to do fish. I'm dictating the woman you used to call mother. You're generating the final waves of the flux from here. Now I release you. Now you. She thinks running will help. It will be pulled back into the universe. I have to get back to Earth. Can you locate my TARDIS? Parting so soon. Neighborhood went downhill. I'm leaving this behind. Don't go rid of this one. There's more. Follow me. Did he not say some of these doors had changed? This one. No time like the presents. This is the one. Now, that is the, about the longest clip I've got to play, I think. Um, but um, it, it's got a bit of a recap and a bit of the other one. But um, you heard there where this woman says, you might have thought of me as your mother. Uh, and uh, one other thing that, that's referenced, you know, with the, with, with, we talked about the angels and the using that as a transport. D didn't... Which was the one where we thought, um, you know, Gallifrey had gone and then Gallifrey came back. It was the end of part one or two, where one of the uh, one of the Time Lords had the hands in front of the face. Haven't we had references to Time Lords adopting that pose in the past? Uh, actually, yeah. in, in that episode two, you actually get um, um, Rassilon, Timothy Dalton, um, mentioning like the weeping angels of old, and so yeah, so that maybe maybe there was maybe there is more that ties in. I don't know, but I don't know if it's that intentional going by this. Right. It's not just anyway. that quote from from Rastalon. It's also there. There are two time lords on either side that have that same sort of pose. Their their hands right. in front of their, in front of their eyes. That same sort of weeping angel pose. And it was the end of time storyline that that was in was it right the, yeah. the one where the master uh, yeah jumps at the end or something yeah anyway we're we're on this story so uh, this is yeah. survivors of the flux mike do you want to go first or... it's another it's madcap episode just like mm. the very first episode of the series yeah. just another all over the place hey we have 20 storylines going on let's focus on each and every one of them let's bring back all these characters let's let's have yaz and and dan inexplicably able to travel all around the world somehow in such a short of short amount of time given what 1904 uh technology <laughs> travel yeah. uh yeah i mean they're able to travel all over the world to like what mexico uh, an incan temple or whatever wherever they wherever they were to mediterranean to where all, all these different locations and and uh, let's 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 not focus too much on the fact that they, that they killed someone and planned how to dump the body over the boat. I know. Really, kind of <laughs> never had companions off somebody and dumped them out. What the hell? Just kind of Yaz is kind of psychopathic now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> really, kind yeah, of dark dark. Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, that was, yeah. 
Oh, geez, that was weird. Um, I mean, just uh, have you been? Okay. Yes. Oh, killed somebody in your name. What? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Something else to mention here. Oh, so we got. Uh, we have this. 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 Uh, this princess, this uh, grand serpent character. Oh, God. Name, oh. hate the name. Yeah. That rank name or whatever. Hate that. Um, but apparently he's involved with Yuna ever since his founding days. And we got this. Okay, maybe not. It, as people are making it out, it's not the founding of Unit. That was done off screen. This is just him being brought in to lead Unit. But still, it's annoying. It's Insinuating like, okay. himself into it, really, isn't he? Supposedly. Yeah. yeah. But we can. Uh, uh, on the, on the other hand, we get a voice clip, or at least a oh yes, uh, Lethbridge Stewart from from a, from a different room, calling the RAF. So that was kind of yeah. Neat. He's never and, advanced very much, yeah. And it actually tied in, um, uh, like it made use of uh, one of the older stories where it, I. I the so the war machine. Oh, you're talking about war yeah, the 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 the, uh, the incident at the at the post office tower or whatever. War machines, yeah. Yeah. Which, given it, given you know the development of Doctor Who, that was the prototypical unit story. That was the story that unofficially introduced unit and or the whole style of unit stories. That was a William Hartnell story. Uh, right. It was the 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 the, the it was the the computer. It was the computer that at the end of the first episode infamously called out. Doctor Who is required. <laughs> the Doctor Who is his name. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the TARDIS. So the TARDIS, the functioning TARDIS oh, yeah. is in storage at unit headquarters, right? So what that means is that throughout the third Doctor's time exile on Earth, there was a fully functioning version of his TARDIS in storage. Wow. Did you catch that? Uh, well, they, they didn't have the console because the, the, the third doctor had the console because he kept trying to. Do you remember that funny scene where he moved the console across the room? With True, but this is the the 13th doctor's TARDIS. Oh, right. Ah, I'm with you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It was breaking apart, but yeah, it was there. It was functional the whole time. Yeah. The third doctor was there. No one told him. He said, That's well, what I era. We were stranded on Earth for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was just another madcap all over the episode, all over the all over the place. Uh, our last, our penultimate episode, right, right before we get to the, the plot, supposedly being resolved. Almost said plot being resolved, supposedly being resolved. Wait. Our last, you know, going over at all the plot threads we have, and I'm looking at the cast list here. And the on Wikipedia, and I've got, of course, the, it splits them up between Doctor Companions and others, and others is like twenty names at least. Yeah, we've got Kate Stewart, of course. In the, uh, oh yeah, this. that was a nice return. Although, how about here's a bit of speculation: What if would I, I'd like to hear your both of your thoughts on this? So there's an idea going around that the whole Kate Stewart unit underground resistance story arc was originally intended for for. Jack Harkness, Captain Jack and Torchwood. Oh. But Until things happened, issues. things came to light, and well, let's rewrite that. Oh. How about that? That it was not originally supposed to be unit, it was supposed to be Torchwood that that princess. Right. So it was more of a cameo part of the story. It would because I was what I was gonna say is Kate Stewart, I would have thought she'd have more to play in this. Story, yeah. but, but you're that, right. That, if it's a substitution, that no, 
but but that it's that reads slightly to me, yeah. Yeah. It seems given how everything played out with uh you know John Barron, yeah. that does seem likely. Mm. But you know, it's a, it's speculation at this point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kirsty? Okay, where are we at? Are we, we're the survivors is of the flux. Right, but is, is Mike done with his review? Because he just asked us oh, a sorry. question. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much done right now. It's just okay. uh, we're getting everything getting everything in a row leading into the final episode. So. Um, yeah, so I'll end with the, the positive part and surprise the hell out of Dave on it as well. Um, but uh, yeah, this episode was confusing. So we're 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 doing well. We're doing exactly what we were doing before. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a little disappointed in the fact because I'm I'm kind of one of those people who likes like origin stories and stuff and. I'm of course, I'm always afraid of an origin story for the Doctor because it should never, ever happen. If they ever get close again, they should just say, well, oh, no, we found this kid, this kid, the one that we sent through the wormhole. Oh, yeah, we found it in a different wormhole. We, we, yeah, we weren't the original parents either. Poof. Um, you'd never, you know, never find out where the Doctor's from or, or anything. Um, well, well, but yeah. I am really, really mad that um, we dispensed with Tech Tayoon so quickly. Um, really mad. Because I was always wondering, is that because they never did say when they did this kind of history of the arrival of the Doctor and our universe, etc. And Tech yeah, Tayoon. This was and the Barbara Flynn character, the, the one who said, You think of me as your mother. Yeah. Right. So I'm just we'll, get to, we'll, get, we'll get to Barbara Flynn at the end. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh where was i yes uh i lost my train of thought you brought oh, up sorry. you brought sorry. up barbara flynn and um but anyway um uh, getting this whole like survivors of the flux it's like i really don't get the overall kind of i mean yes they say it's devastated everywhere and it's like isn't it supposed to be the end of the universe aren't you all supposed to be dead um uh, there was the cool scene, of course, I'm not sure if it was this one or the last episode, but the whole, uh, um, people think they're being ferried off the planet to somewhere safe and they're being oh, absorbed yes. into the thing. That was actually kind of yes. creepy and, and, but cool. The fact that she saved him from that and it's just like she realized what was going on and by that explaining to us what was going on. Um, but yeah, that whole thing of like just kidnapping people and then converting them. I just, I, I didn't under, really kind of understand all of that. Logan's wrong. But That's yeah, this whole, like, uh, this whole reveal thing that we were going to get on, on the division, the vision, um, the division, the division, I don't know, uh, <laughs> um, is, is just, just wasted. I, I like a good backstory, and we just didn't really get enough. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tech Tayoon's gone. Um, but the whole thing with the Grand Serpent, it just seemed like a way to shoehorn Kate Stewart in. I don't know. Mm. Um, I know it was probably from the other storyline, it's just easier to do that. But it's just something that we just, in the end, became 
this subplot that we did not need. Um, it probably would have been better with Kate Stewart just showing up because time's been a mess and she could have said the line, like some along the lines, I don't know how we're ever going to get unit history uh, figured out after the flux. That would have been freaking hilarious. Because um, <laughs> that would have just like all of a sudden unit unit cannon is just automatically fixed by the flux. It's, it would be fine. All right. So story aside and everything, it's just, you know, we know the end's coming and it's, uh, we're still following these two people trying to find each other and Swarm and Lizard are going around being weird. Um, and apparently uh, Tectayun released Swarm and Azir. So, um, yeah, there's somebody underestimating the, uh, the creatures they let out. It doesn't sound like she's all that smart for somebody who's lived quite so long. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, the other reason I'm mad at, at the, 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 the knocking off of, of uh, Tectayun is that um, I, as a younger person, had quite a crush as well as a certain uh, stock boy on a certain milk lady in Open All Hours who was played, of course, by Barbara Flynn. And she also then popped up in a show that my parents used to watch called The Biderbeck. It was like The Biderbeck oh, Affair tapes and that. And I, thought, I thought she was just the bee's knees. She was. And so when she showed up in this, I'm like, oh, I recognize that woman. I looked up and like, that's, that's it. And it's funny because I had to go back all the way back and I'm like, no, I feel really old. Um, but yeah, she was. Yeah, the Biderbeck tapes and the Biderbeck connection. Yeah, they're yeah. fabulous. And so I was like, I was like, I know that. It's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was, um, she she was in open all hours um, and she played the milk lady um, who used to deliver early in the morning and uh, her and uh, and Granville would flirt badly. Well, Granville would flirt badly and she was always just this kind of, she was cool and just cute as a button. And she, I don't know, like, I just, I don't know, fond memories. But yeah, yeah, so that was, that was, I was mad that it's like, oh, now we're not going to see it anymore. Great. You ruined that character for me. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was James Bolan who played uh, the yeah. leading band, but she was great. But she was in, Everything then, Inspector Morse, uh, Boone, May Gray, Cracker. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Know. Fantastic actress. And her performance in this was great. It's just yeah. not none. You know, well, maybe we'll get more Tech Tayoon and um, uh, 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 Audio uh, Adventures, which are going on to 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hope people didn't miss here and think she was claiming to be a mother. She just said that she was the one. Yeah, but the, no the other is. thing is, how would she still be alive? Because we know that the doctor has lived at least 2000 something years, don't we? Um, and she was there on her hidden lives as they are now. So how many, and what regeneration is she in? I mean, right. obviously uh, you've said what happens to her, but um, I mean, I'm surprised she would, Unless you could argue she was outside time and space yeah, at that was, point. She was on the, the, the main division ship, which I'm sure doesn't well, she a lot of in age. Yeah, she and, in age on that. Also, if you remember that um, 
the Time Lords put the uh, the cap on regenerations. Um, they built that into Time Lord Physiomi, and Tectayun was the one who developed that. So she probably excluded herself from the limitation of of regenerating and being outside of time and space. You know, uh, regeneration could last her for a very long time. So. Well, then you shouldn't really like her because she's almost a boys from Brazil type of character, isn't she? You know, doing experiments on, I know. you know, but it's just that twins whole, and things. That, that whole part of the origin of the Doctor, at least in this universe, it would be, I could see, you know, a, a much more in-depth kind of look into the Doctor's character at a point um, and, and an exploration of that. But now we've lost that character again because you know, of what's to come in the future, I'm sure, too. And, uh, you know. Right. Let, let, can we move on to the uh, the, yeah. the last episode, The Vanquishers? I, uh, I just have one quick yeah. question about, mm -hmm. about Division. So after Tech Dune is, is no longer there, who's in charge of Division right now? Yeah, uh, it, 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 well, there's not going to be anything to be in charge of if things go don't go according but, to plan. <laughs> but is it the Ood? Who's, who's, my, my joke response is just uh, is an Ood in charge of division. Ood thought it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that doesn't have a rabbit or a hat. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I don't have a rabbit. Or it's, it's a pity it was an adapted Ood. Really, should it shouldn't shouldn't it have had its original brain or something? That, this one because it had still had the uh the communicator in its hand didn't it i know but it's uh the division exists out of time and outside of time and space right and okay could have, could, have, could have come from any position okay fair enough right um i've got i've got three clips i may not play them all uh, uh on the last story but we're now on to um the vanquishers here we go hello miss brown Oh, I say. <laughs> you're safe. All of you, how did you... You said you were in 1901, but we were split, and, and the angels took you. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I'm glad you're okay. The good news is, we can get you back to 2021. I feel like there might be bad news. The planet's under alien occupation. Angels? No. A race called Sontarans. We need your percipient abilities in order for you and I to go undercover on an alien spacecraft. And I'm going to end that. Earth uh, under attack from an alien species. Uh, I can't do the accent either. Earth yeah. uh, under attack from an alien species. <laughs> Close. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of Liverpool in there, yeah. Bit of Liverpool in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, anyway, uh, I must say uh, another thing I want to watch is uh, the Beatles get back. Uh, I believe that's on the streaming service. Ten hours of documentary about the Beatles. Anyway, yeah. that's mm, well. He, he does. Uh, he, he does say our character. One of the reasons why they've got this museum because you know where else in the world could you have you know the artists, the footballers, the musicians, all from one city, which right. is Dan's big. Uh, you know, big because uh, he loves Liverpool. He loves right. Liverpool. I love that. I love that about his character. That whole like just showing up at the museum because he's like, I know so much about my own. This is like, it's really cute. <laughs> anyway, to the vanquishers, Mike. Go to the spoils. Sorry. <laughs> 
So here we are at the very end with uh, all of this, all of these twenty billion plot threads coming together. Um, <laughs> and okay, so I'll, I'll just resolve something that I said something you know earlier. We had there was this all this hype build up over okay, Bell's Bell and Vendor's day is going to be important some way. I think there was a line where she where Bell says the baby's name. But it's so covered up by sound effects and music that, and I didn't have uh, something. I didn't catch that. No, but I had no idea. Like she was talking to that, talking to that that sensor thing that she wore, and I think what she, the thing she said at the end of the sentence sounded more like a name than a word. But you know, whatever. Uh, it, given that the the baby is not addressed at all in the resol- in the myriad resolutions in the TARDIS, they they just go their separate ways. Uh, Okay, but backing up a bit. So the whole I Chibnall had some interesting ideas here that are lot that are just wasted in the execution. The whole idea of division. It's an it's an interesting idea. So the whole idea with okay, three things here. First, Time Lords. Time Lord Society, they're non-interventionalists. So that's their whole thing. They don't intervene, they just monitor. The, the second doctor gets that's the their stated uh, yeah, their stated yeah. thing. Yeah. He's, on trial in the war games for intervening and forced and exiled and re- regenerated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Doctor is the sort of opposing force left Galilee to intervene and fight against evil. And now we have this organization called Division, which has kind of done what the Doctor has done. They, they, they have. They're above. They're the secret shadowy organization. They intervene, but they're the they're the opposite of the Doctor. And that's an interesting idea, story-wise. There's a lot you could do here, unless it's wasted in a story like Doctor Who Flux and just done away with, as we were just talking about, and as I was joking about with the Ood being in control, and how it's, Dave mentioned how it's just sort of disbanded and nothing at this point. It's a good idea that I would like to see explored, because in the classic series, we had this idea of the CIA, the Celestial Intervention Agency, Mm -hmm. which, you know, prints here and there, but nothing really major, majorly done with. And here, another attempt at that, but it's, it's basic. Yeah. You know, I would like to see that explored more. It's a good idea. Thoughts? Kirsty? Yeah, um, it is. It's good. Like, like I said, as along with Texayona, it's completely wasted. It's like, and when you're there, um, they're like, okay, as soon as we're done destroying this universe, we're going to pop next door and borrow a cup of sugar. Um, but her and who, who else? I mean, Azura and and Annette show up, and there's no security. Mm. There's nobody else there. I mean, she speaks as if divisions like this big organization. But it's outside of time that they probably feel secure of where they are. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, it just that none of it makes sense. All, no, all the activities no. going on, nobody else shows up after Tectoon's been offed. Um, well, there was so, yeah. a bigger daft thing than that because uh, this person who said you could consider being mother said they're doing this to to, to expunge the Doctor from from the timeline and start again. And then she says, "Do you want to come with us?" Right. But yeah, I'm, I agree with Mike. It's like, it is a great idea. Kind of like the celestial intervention, but something a little less of, uh, less on the books. 
yeah. As far as you know, basically a group of Gallifreyans in the early times who said, "Yeah, no, we we really should interfere," and rather than having an official group who was still set to certain guidelines. Groups then split off from those two yeah, and you know created the division, which they would manipulate things to a certain end for what they thought was the good of all. Um, and of course, the end result is they get power hungry, and um, when things get basically messy, um, rather than you know going back to a previously saved version of the game. They decide they're just going to trash that save game file and start all over again with a brand new game. Um, and that's really a cool concept and really kind of a cool place for the doctor to come from. A group that recruited them to interfere for their good. And what happens is the doctor just realizes, like, yes, interference is sometimes needed, but. To keep everybody alive like they like they were saying you know the doctor really fears things ending um and so she's always done her best to keep things alive and so uh, yeah i really kind of dig that and but again makes me angry because we've lost it now because it's gone unless russell picks up threads of it and reworks because uh. it is science fiction and fantasy and we can get to that point again i guess um so who knows? Fingers crossed that the division cup crops up again, and we um, catch up with um, Jill Swilburn uh, again. Um, but you know, that's just my private little. Yeah, anyway, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I want the vision back, but I'll make a comment about that at the end. Let me just play a, a short part of the, the next clip. I might play them one after the other because we've been mm. going for perhaps longer than we thought we would yeah so battalions are aligned here we accept the offer of protection against the flux events cyber battalions are amassed we accept a truce for mutually assured survival <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, and again, I don't know how these species are going to come back because aren't they all supposed to be annihilated at this point? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Well, that's what I don't understand. It's like, and the whole the whole idea of them sitting there for their enjoyment and and rewinding the flux and and basically backing up over the universe and driving forward again. It's like, yeah, but you've already killed everybody, and so uh, what? There's no, no, yeah, no life left to restore. Yeah, in a, in a yeah, sense, like right, and. Yeah. And... Let, let, Sorry, let me ahead. play the final clip because then then we can sort of sort of have any more comments and wrap up. Mm.
Do me a favor. Keep this safe. Somewhere deep within this TARDIS. Somewhere I can never find it. by the way we haven't commented on music um, back back uh, in an, i mean the scale of the music is is definitely fitting the scale of the story i thought anyway, wants to comment on that no oh, well let me carry on talking then um um yeah uh, one of the thoughts whereas i had about this story and i thought it's, it's not that chris chibnall took his eye off the ball, but he seemed to want to launch another series because there's a stage in it where, you know, um, the, uh, the what's he called, the dog species one and uh, Vinda and Belle uh, are going to go off and have adventures. I'm mm. thinking, well, you know, he's leaving Doctor Who, he better have another job. So what better thing to, you know, I mean, it didn't work with a few others they've tried. We've tried it with The Doctor's Daughter. We've tried it with Planet of the Dead. Um, and the woman going off in the bus. Uh, we've tried a few things. Torchwood, of course, was the successful one. Right. Um, uh, and Sarah Jane Adventures was another successful one. But it seemed to me as though he was trying to spawn uh, a thing there. But um, the, the, the reason why I played that clip was mostly music was um, because we now know what's going to happen with Doctor Who not being rested, but going to be taken up. And from what Stephen Moffat said about it, um, you know, uh, it's going to go, the scale's going to go even up uh, with the future uh, showrunner uh, coming back. But basically, uh, I've written the note of it down here is put the toys back in the box. And then that was what was happening with the watch, you know, deep into the thing. Um, and basically, is this all going to be retro, what's it called, that retro stuff they do in Torchwood? Uh, retcon. Ret retcon, yeah, whatever the word is, yeah. Um, uh, uh, basically, when we knew the new show, uh, the showrunner's coming back, Chibnall had to change how he's going to end it. And basically, uh, all these past lives of the Doctor can go into the TARDIS to be either forgotten about, uh, brought back by whoever directs Doctor Who next. Right. Um, and the flux, sort of, um, the passenger, uh, they opened up the passenger, didn't he? And all the antimatter, as it were, went to that because uh, the, inside the, the, the passenger was like a portal to infinite number of worlds, wasn't it? I think the way they described it. How so convenient. The, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that was the, the whole uh, thing that it was a MacGuffin, wasn't it? The, fl the flux in the end. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel, but I do feel as though it was a bit of a cop out, the ending. Mike? 
kind of sort of i think the term you you are looking more for it's it, the use of the passenger at the end was was general trying his best to do a chekhov's gun because even though the passenger wasn't introduced until what episode three mm. it still kind of fits that bill where i think something presented earlier on in the story goes on to become the resolution that's kind of the idea of the Chekhov right story. and that's right. what was done here it's it's not done well but it's Chibnall trying to do that concept right. um there were a couple things that i wanted to mention here in this episode like uh okay carvanista <laughs> uh carvanista um what happened with that character so we had the big revolution with the santarans that the santarans wiped out all but him Right. of the Lupari, which uh, mm. as soon as that happened on screen, I thought, okay, we're going to have a scene where the Doctor and Lupar and uh, Carvanista talk about that because they have that in common now. Mm-hmm. Last of their race. They, yeah. they, they, they know, yeah, the last of their kind. And Again. No. <laughs> Again. And uh, no, that wasn't, uh, Never, never. we never saw that, so... That's another reason why I kind of want the Doctor and, Car- and Carvanista to meet up again, because they now have that in common. Carvanista go to the groomers first <laughs> before he comes back. I mean, he just looks like he'd been overdue. I mean, maybe it took him a little while to get to Earth. Yeah. I mean, falling through that thing, maybe it made his hair grow. I don't know. Maybe. But I just want possible. I just want to see the performance of the actor underneath all of that, and it just yeah. got the voice was great and the delivery was great it's just i it, i wanted to see their their physical features kind of yeah and now the big conundrum in the episode the one of the big things i see every time i look at discussion of this episode this comes up did the doctor commit tr- commit triple genocide yeah. in this episode <laughs> gleefully the, Daleks, the cybermen the santarans Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that thought when I was re-watching it before uh, before it came on today. I'm just like, whoa, that's an awful lot of death. Yeah, and that the Doctor is directly involved with, dr- yeah. directly involved with with the with the Daleks and the and this and the Cybermen, and maybe a bit less indir- less direct, but also but, but connected with the the, the Santarans as well. Yeah, yeah certainly more than a, certainly more than a bath of acid. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that I've seen discussed, but that be that as it may. Another thing, one thing that I liked about this episode was Jodie Whittaker playing three versions of the Doctor. Oh that, yeah, was, that, that was that was fun. Why like do we that. have to wait till the end of the series to get that? I wanted the whole story of that kind of business because her <laughs> flirting with herself was just oh, hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh... <sighs> That was. If I, if I'm, I'm going to actually make sound bites from from that. Just the initial meetup. It's like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah. What? What? What did you think about right at the end when the, when when Dan's coming back to the TARDIS and um, uh, the Doctor and Yaz are having a, a real heart to heart? Did you read anything more into that, or how was that I, just an I, acknowledgement of something? This for Mike or me. Mm-hmm. For Mike or me? Well, uh, it's not either of you. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, being I wasn't sure if you were talking to anyone of us in particular. I didn't want to no. turn on anyone's toes. Mike, did you have any thoughts about? I mean, the doctor was in tears at that. 
see, this goes back to what I was saying at the outset of the series, is that I want to see adventures with just the Doctor and Yaz. I just want to see them as 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 Doctor and Companion without anyone else in the mix. And yeah, I'm not going to get that. My whole problem with it, and, and I'll tack on my next bit and then tag you guys into it, but um, yeah, my whole problem is, is like, People seem to think they're leaning towards the, there's a romantic element and that, but I've just never really got the same feeling as that we get with uh, a lot of the companions about how much they care for the Doctor. I've never really got that from Yaz, even though she says it so many times on screen. I just don't buy it. I don't know. I'm. It's just the way it's written is... I don't know. I'm just not buying that. The, 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 you think they were just making up for the way she treated her because the doctor had been pursuing something selfishly. So she right. was making more of an apology. Right. But I don't get how hurt she was. I don't mm. under, I don't see her being hurt by this and them having an actual friend mm. confrontation proper. And it, 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 we're supposed to just assume a lot of stuff about their relationship, which mm. is what... I take umbrage with it's like if you want to create a relationship whether it be uh, romantic or just this kind of codependency or what or there's just a huge friendship bond i didn't get it i didn't get any of that and that's why i don't really care to see any of that because i was never sold on on how you know how much they like each other as people um, unlike other you know, other companions. And uh, so here's my lead into my next bit is, of course, you know, Dan showing up at, uh, like, right it's outside. They're waiting yeah. for him outside the, the museum. Yeah. What? They, that's convenient. Um, but what the hell is up with that woman? She just got involved in all of that stuff. And then she was like, no, I don't want to see you. Man, just say what he just saved the earth like a couple of times in the past five episodes, and you're like, Nah, don't come here tomorrow. I just don't. What the hell was that? Well, my, my, my reading of it is it was uh, uh, external to the storyline, and they didn't know how Dan as a companion was going to pan out, so they left it. They almost wrote two endings one where it goes off and lives with the girl. R2, he comes and goes back into the TARDIS. Uh, and he could have done both. He could have gone off with her, and it could be a whole series of, like, sorry, I'm late. Kind of like they did with uh, that one episode of, of, with Clara, where they, like, kept dodging it, her dodging in and out. It would be a fun thing every, like, couple of episodes where um, he yeah. shows up for his date right on time, but with a, a giant suitcase with a, yeah. you know, a alien tentacle in it or something. Not that comedic but you know or um, another connection to earlier doctor who so back in the moffat era when uh amy and rory were companions there was this leading up to to the episode the uh, asylum of the daleks they had this short run thing called pond life mm, where it was uh, the doctor showing up with uh, amy and rory yeah. and they which uh, they could have done you know something like that yeah. and another reason i bring that up is because that story that little pond life uh, series of stories wasn't written by Stephen Moffat. That was written by some guy named Chris Chibnall. 
Yeah. yeah. And it was a little bit like the the one with the clockwork droids, the uh, where, uh, um, you know, uh, where um, he joins them. Oh, crikey. Um, you know what I mean? They're on the spaceship, the Madam... The and uh, uh, he gets invited. He says, oh, my first, my first trip with you and I get a spaceship. Um, right. Yeah, Mickey does. And, Actually, it's uh, funny you should mention Rose, that. Rose is a bit miffed about it. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that because um, that leads me to another thing that we haven't really kind of discussed as far as um, involving history is um, the the whole um, uh, tunnel system uh, in in Liverpool. Um, something I was completely unaware of. I mean, I'd probably seen something about it and, you know, something Dave shared back in, what, 2017, 18, that they started mm. the excavation? Yeah. The, yes, I mean, the the actual, uh, they're underneath where the actual museum is is built. It's built over those tunnels. Over right. And, but the, 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 the thing for me is, um, it was great finding that out at the end, but throughout the, the the beginning episodes, he just looks like a raving lunatic, which I realize is you know part of the the, the whole you know history of him. He was you know at mall etc. But then there's this like total switch. I mean, I realize they're seeing him at these like he's just gone through the door and now he's like. But every time we've seen him, he just seems like he's completely out of his tree. And then we get to see him and he's like, oh, good, you guys understand. And he's completely normal for the remainder of the, the show. And it's just, um, what? I, I just found that really, really kind of confusing. And it didn't make me like him at the beginning at all. I think he should have been a far more sympathetic character. Like, you should have had that con conversation with the guy outside the tunnels in the, the first episode. But then we should have gone and then he should have gone in a couple of doors and we'd be like, oh, no wonder he's worried because he's seeing things through these and he's worried. And so he's building this, you know, we should have had an explanation way earlier about his involvement and what was going on. Mm. I, th I think, guys, we, uh, we've been going for quite some time. I think we ought to yeah. just have our closing thoughts and, and probably end on that, unless everybody's got something really uh, that they want to include. So, Mike, do you feel as though you can make your closing thoughts and, and then we'll get sure to a wrap up? It's, shortly after this, after watching the last episode, I tracked, tracked down a, an image, just a, an image from a. Drew Carey hosting Whose Line Is Any Anyway? And I put the caption on it, uh, Welcome to Doctor Who Flux, where everything's made up and the plot lines don't matter. <laughs> Which, given the resolution of a lot of characters, just sort of thrown out there, like, okay, like the, uh, the, the possibility, who, Bell, Vendor, and their unknown baby. Okay, they're just going off on adventures, uh, Carbonista. Okay, goodbye. Um, Overall, it was it was fun. It was a fun watch. It just didn't really feel that substantive. Like nothing really, nothing, none of the storylines had any impact. And even when they tried to do a, like a solid storyline, uh, War of the Santarans, it's like they had a lot of the moments from 
uh, from a better from well i say no, from an earlier santaran story but just nothing they weren't saying anything no, no, there was no message or anything it was just there and again this is doctor who whatever um it's all I, my my it, it's a fun watch but i'm not going to miss chris Chibnall, if that may it, it, it it's it feels harsh to say that but you know three episodes left until until the chris Chibnall era is over but uh and just for our listeners, just for our oh, listeners, I mean, you you left Doctor Who for a while and you've come back. Is oh, it? Yeah. Is oh, this man. going to mean that you're going to watch the next series, uh, the oh, next yeah. specials? Well, we have three episodes left. Right. The next one is is coming up really soon on New Year's Day. Uh, which, uh, on that note, I remember about within the last week, I was my friend Steve and I were were talking about Doctor Who, and uh, I was telling him he had never seen the episode. Uh, Heaven Sent, and I was telling him how much I love that episode. Mm. It's one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes. It's one of Moffat's best episodes, and I got him to watch it. He loves the episode, and then he started to, tr- and then he realized it's the first of a two-parter. Oh yeah, there's another episode that calls follows that called uh, Hell Bent. Hell Bent. That, yeah. that episode is horrible. And he <laughs> said he got about 15 minutes up into that, and what was his comment? He, his comment was. I kept seeing Clara on screen. I couldn't finish watching it. She just drained all the life out of the episode. Oi, oi, I don't like that. But, uh, well, no, the character it's, it's, does, and, and but uh, the, the, the actress yeah. behind the character is. It's but yeah. going back to going back to Dr. Flux, it was a good idea. It, it, it was a neat attempt at doing something like something more epic, more larger scale. Did it all gel together? No, there was just too much going on. It was all over the place. There was no firm structuring of, okay, this is where the plots are going to go. I don't know if Chibnall really had an end goal in mind when he was writing there, or if he just wanted to be manic and all over the place. And if so, yeah, you achieved that. Um, Whether or not, see, I hope this leads to Russell T Davies attempting something similar on a grander scale, just not, as jumbled and messy as this, more, more controlled. I want to see this 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 attempted again in Doctor Who, just with a with more with a clearer focus. Right. And that's my uh, thoughts on Doctor Who Flux. Uh, my thought is that uh, you remember when the um, did the Godfather, and then because it was jumping about in time, telling about his father, they went and did a 10-hour special where they told the Godfather in in time sequence. And you don't know whether it took the magic out of it or it made it easier to follow. And uh, uh, I'm a bit... I've got a feeling that this six-part story will grow in appreciation and grow to be appreciated more on further viewings. The thing is... Will people make the effort to watch it more? Because I've got a feeling myself, I'll go back and watch Village of the Angels again, probably a couple, a few times, but will I sit through all six episodes again to try and make sense of it? I don't know whether the reward is there enough for me to sort of put myself through it, uh, which is not very good. Probably I'll come back to it in a year or two, but I think uh, maybe when I get it on Blu-ray or Ultra Blu-ray, uh, because it, it did look lavish, um, the, the the production standards 
fantastic. Even that historical part, you know, it really looked like the BBC doing, uh, you know, a Charles Dickens story or, a, you know, a, a something Jane Eyre or something, because the costuming and the and the uh, the, the the effects of it done were, were really good. The the values, but I've got a feeling that. Um, it's been fiddled with too much. They change, and, and to be fair to Chris Chibble, they, they probably changed the number of episodes he could have. There was the COVID uh, restrictions that made them having to uh, to do things slightly differently. And as I said, um, because he didn't want to give a legacy to the next director of where you know all, all you know all the toys are in the playroom and you've got to sort them out. He put the watch back in the thing. Uh, the the flux went into the passenger, and basically, as you were, um, uh, and he's almost got a clean sheet to start with. Uh, but of course, that, as Mike quite rightly said, we've got three more episodes. They might mix things up a little bit. I would like to think that Russell T Davies is going to have a hand in at least, although they finished filming them now, I think. Have we seen a picture of the wrap-up uh, picture of the cast? I think we have, haven't we? Yes. They've done yeah. all the... Yeah. Okay, so um, I think this is uh, a confusing story, but I think there's a good story in there. Whether people can be bothered to uh, pick it apart, I don't know. Kirsty, your thoughts, and we'll close. Yeah, there's there's some stuff that I really like in it. The um, a lot of this after having just watched the, the finale again, um, some of the performances in there I really really did like. Uh, uh, Jericho was fantastic. Um, um, the angel lady, forgot her name, um, and uh, just having the three versions of the Doctor. That was just well played by uh, Jodie Whittaker. And actually, I'm really a big fan of the the kind of little scene at the that we get at the end with um, with the uh, with time uh, resembling the Doctor, but wearing the mm. black coat, which interesting because we saw that in one of the previous ones too. And it's like, what does the black coat signify? Um, and I just like Jodie Whittaker said as, as, as our doctor is that um, I love that coat. I really do. I actually like it more than the current coat. I'm like, I want that. Now I'm going to be trying to cosplay as, 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 uh, as that version of the doctor. But uh yeah, there was some good stuff in it. I see some of the stuff they're trying to do. A great job again putting some historical spin in it and getting people to look at um, sort of events in time and and things that you don't necessarily know about certain places, especially considering it's you know a lot easier nowadays for us to look things like that up. You know, when we were kids watching these, you'd have to go to an encyclopedia, which God knows how out of date that is. Um, but yeah. It, Again, all the performances, fantastic. Um, I get the feeling that there was a certain amount of the visuals done prior to things being changed. And I actually think that some of the effects and some of the um, prosthetics and stuff are a bit on the ropey side for what we've been, I don't know, or maybe they were just too hyper-realistic, but there was some stuff like... Uh, 
the, the blue lady, uh, they did some close-up work on her, and you could totally see the wrinkling in the chin of the, of, you know, the Azul, prosthetic that yeah. they had on it. Yeah, and I was like, that's a bit off. I'm a little, you know, because I've watched a lot of those, not that I'm an expert on makeup by any means, but I've watched a lot of those makeup, the, there was a makeup show on Sci-Fi Channel, which, you know, you, you know, they do a lot of close-ups and stuff, and it's just like, it just kind of threw me a little bit. You could see that wrinkling, and and some of the Sontarans just looked a bit um, costume head, you know, a um, little too wrinkly and and potatoey instead of. I mean, I know the other ones, got the the Russell D Davis ones got a little um, smooth and glisteny for a while there, but yeah, now we went this, yeah, didn't look quite right. Um, but it was really really cool to see. The distant shots of masses of some towers just like you know wandering around uh areas of, of, of liverpool and stuff like that just it was epic scale yeah there's no doubt yeah because we don't often get to see that and i did like the fact that um but alex and the um and the cybermen basically got owned by very briefly by the Sontarans, and it's like they've always been that kind of B enemy. It's just like mm. you know, you've got the master and the Daleks and the Cybermen, and this is like then you got like Silurians, uh uh Sontarans, you know, the B roll enemies, <laughs> you know, and then you go into the C D and E, it's like you know, the one time, you know, yeah. the one time villain that they're supposed to have come across lots and lots, but you've never seen, and the only appearance was really bad. Um so yeah, um, but um yeah, so I'm I'm planning on very shortly kind of going back to the first episode, just to kind of to see because that's the thing that whole kicked me off on this not really liking it was just too much information, and again I really didn't get the full effect of the flux. I mean I've seen shows where you really kind of get an idea of the devastation that's going on, but it just seemed very kind of sparse and, um, you know. Like somebody just threw spaghetti at a planet and it ate it. Um, the planet didn't eat the spaghetti. I mean, the spaghetti ate the planet. <laughs> yeah. And it just boldly just wandered on and just didn't understand this. The what was going on, that what the stakes were and, and the threat to the universe or anything. It's just it wasn't there. I mean, I understand it's in the story and it's mentioned, but I didn't feel it. And I didn't think there was anything really kind of pressing about getting to this last episode, you know, but there were really great performances and really good stories that, um, you know, maybe if uh, they did an alternate timeline on audio, it'd be interesting to hear, you know, maybe what the original stories were, but in an audio format, um, especially the angel episode i'd really dearly love to hear that um so yeah and just more explanation of, of an exploration of these other characters that we came across just to flesh them out um Excellent. yeah so i've blabbed on for long enough because oh uh, just quick plug if you don't mind um uh i may have mentioned this on previous episodes but it's been so so long uh the reason why we haven't been around so much is I'm generally supposed to be going to bed about now because I work nights, but I work nights making cups. Um, and if you're in the United States, uh, the company I work for is called Tervis. Uh, 
and it's tervis.com, uh, T-E-R-B-I-S. Um, the reason why I mention it is because there are a lot of geek kind of stuff on there. And if you're interested in looking through um, their catalog of, of cups, we print on stainless steel and we also do uh, insert wraps into these uh, double-walled plastic uh, cups, uh, which are really great for the, for outside. Um, but there's like, we've got Deadpool, we've got Star Wars, we've got all sorts of marble cups. We've got, at one point we had a Doctor Who license, but I don't know. Um, I think we've since let's moved on, but uh, I just got, a, I know an ex-employee who has a Dalek cup, but yeah, they've got a bunch of stuff. I think there was a Lord of the Rings when we just started doing um, lots of Christmas cups and stuff. So yeah, um, so if you're interested in how I'm spending my time, before it was fishing lures and I realized that doesn't really intersect with sci-fi and fantasy an awful lot. So I'm kind of happy to be doing thing, uh, doing a job where I get to see designs for like the Spawn Cup, uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, um, and then you get to see a Back to the Future Cup, a Ghostbusters Cup. We got some cool Ghostbusters stuff. Um, and it's just really, really cool. Game of Thrones, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, and and if you end up ordering something, let me know in case I come across your order while I'm working one night. Who knows? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's what I'm I've been doing and why we haven't been around a lot. And um, also, um, Dave's had far more pressing um, things on his plate too, um, with his uh, uh, well, my, larger my... family. My renewal, by the way, they, they, they mentioned that right at the beginning when that uh, swarm, he said he'd been renewed, which was like the old idea for regeneration. Yeah, um, but uh, let's ask Mike before you sign mm -hmm. us off. Mike, uh, do you want to mention anything about other stuff you're doing online and your uh, your other podcast? I, I just last night I made and posted my newest episode of Super Awesome Fun Time with Rand, which is my ongoing sound collage project. It's episode 124, subtitle I've Got a Feeling That I Belong, which is a reference to a song that Dave would recognize the very first opening chords of, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, because it used, oh, to, well, it used to be like a demo track for, for mm, Serious System. Yes, right? indeed. Acoustics, yep. wonderful. Yep. Yeah, so that that one collages together just a whole long list of stuff. You can find that's radiofreecamelin.com. You can find all the show notes. They're all posted on the Super Awesome Fun Time podcast feed over on here on TalkShoe. Uh, it has its own podcast feed, Internet Archive, Twitter. Uh, you can find all of that there. Radio F R E Camlin is the Twitter handle. It's well, a long letter too long to fit into uh, Twitter's character limit, but there you go. Well, all I've got is wine. Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. There you, there go. you go. And this. And just this, because I don't do anything. Um, Dave keeps this whole thing running without, without me. So um, we hope to be back um, sooner rather than later, maybe at this earlier time. So if you are thinking of joining us, um, just head on over to TalkShoe.com and uh, check out uh, all the podcasts you can when you're on there. Um, but of course, uh, check out Coltum, and you can actually join us live in the studio when we talk. We hope to be back again, of course, sometime really soon after the new year um, to discuss uh, the uh, the newest we may, story. We may also have a crossover episode with Mike's uh, yes, Radio Free Cameron. Exactly. 
Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I thought I, I actually I thought Mike was going to mention that before we moved on, but he didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is something that I have in the planning stages. So over on I don't know if you've heard of this little book series called The Wheel of Time. It's just debut as a as a series on Amazon Prime Video, and I am in the planning stages of doing some commentary. Uh, well, we're in the we're, we're talking about doing some commentaries here, just like the the old days of the Coltum commentaries. Remember, yeah. remember, remember those. <laughs> we should do one for for um for I don't know like um, Better Call Saul. Yeah, Better Call Saul. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now, it's, now it's just a challenge of how long I can actually go without doing it. <laughs> how many times could I? I've actually got it sitting in a in a folder on my desktop saying. Uh, that says, and I've actually done a screen cap and put it in the uh, Colton page, but nobody ever noticed. But it says, um, commenti commentaries I will never edit. <laughs> and nobody saw it. It's like years ago um, on a different profile. But yeah, so I hope you guys will join us and, of course, check out TalkShoe while you're over here. Um, I've uh, been talking to some people at work um, because, you know, I'm now older than a lot of people at work and when i say i've had i have a podcast they look at me like what are you doing with an old uh, podcast old lady um I'm like excuse me i've had it for you know i've been doing podcasting for 15 years and they're like well figures uh, <laughs> so uh um and i've had people talk about you know uh, how they can you know, start their own podcast and you know talk shows a great way of doing it without having to be really tech savvy and and to, to get things going it's really really easy so yeah so check us out on uh, on talk show and and join us next time when we talk about stuff and things um and of course follow us on facebook and of course uh, the aforementioned twitter um where dave will keep you all updated as to uh as to tie in episodes that you can listen to um that tie into um things that are uh like either anniversaries or whatever dave does a really good job of, of, of throwing up episodes you may not have heard or haven't listened to in a while and could go back and listen to again and of course keeping you up to date as to when we're going to be back live so uh yeah uh, check us out and of course check out mike and check out dave um, just not in those pants he was wearing last Friday. They just do not work on his ass. Um, but don't tell him I said that. Oops, wait, live. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, we're just as madcap uh, every other time. And uh, we really appreciate you, everybody who has been listening to us um, and who continues even in our quieter times. It really is great for us to know that there's, you know, still people out there who want to, who care what we think. So, uh, yeah, that's the estrogen kicking in. I'm probably due for another dose. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall And it's goodbye from Dave AC. It's goodbye from Kirsty, the sixth doctor. Goodbye, everybody.